welcome in everyone to episode 67 of the Battlecast podcast. I'm your host, Caleb, joined by my co-host, Speedish Chief 2. What's up, Caleb? And how's it going, everybody? I'm really excited to get into another awesome episode. A lot of stuff to talk about today, the events, things we were doing this weekend. We were in different places this weekend, uh, which is a bit of a change up, right? But uh, a lot of really cool things happening. I think we typically are in different places on the weekends, but we were at two different Pokemon centered events this weekend, uh, which is that, which is yeah. little less little less common, I think. But Be- better said than than I did. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Because I was thinking, I was like, I haven't really seen you every weekend, <laughs> but <laughs> but not that I would mind, you know. Um, anyway, before we get into all that, uh, we have we have a few things to cover. We actually never got really into talking about fashion week we talked a little bit about toxpex in mm-hmm. our last episode with house stark but uh because it was an interview episode we didn't really get a chance to dive into our typical agenda but the fashion week event has come and gone and uh what were your thoughts on that event by the way you know i thought it was pretty good i thought the spawns were were pretty fun and uh there's a lot of potential for a lot of different pokemon down the line um it was cool to catch like the absol with the sunglasses and then uh of course the marini everybody was always trying to pineapple and silver pineapple bad and uh you know i thought it was pretty entertaining and then the fur fro has a lot of potential especially for us because you and i uh you know hopefully we continue to travel to these events and if we go overseas or something we could get some pretty cool fur fro evolutions Wait, are they are they evolved based on regions? I believe so. Oh, okay. <laughs> that shows a lot about how much I know about Furfro because um I didn't uh I didn't even evolve one or like you know change the outfit or anything. Yeah. Um, well, well, we could have evolved one into a really snazzy uh, looking uh, English version if we evolved it in in London when we were there last time. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, I need to look yeah. into that. I was just so, honestly just trying to find the shiny version of that, and because the cool looking shiny is like a little black dog. But oh, it's so sick! So it so here was the f- very elusive for me personally. Quite elusive. There's. Uh, it looks like there's six different forms. The debut debutante trim only available in the Americas. Diamond trim is in Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Star trim is only in Asia Pacific, excluding Japan for some reason. Uh, Lorraine trim is only available in France. Kabuki's in Japan and Pharaoh is only available in Egypt. I think Pharaoh trim is one of the coolest looking ones. Oh, that is that. I mean, it just sounds cool, right? <laughs> I've mm-hmm. seen it. It just sounds cool. So, um, yeah, that does sound like a good one. Uh, but yeah, anyway. What- yeah, what were your thoughts? Did, did you catch like a lot of frillish? Did you get any IV upgrades? Anything like that? I, so I have really good frillish for both Great League and Ultra League. Um, but uh, we'll talk about this more later. But I was at an event this weekend. Um, it was a wedding. And um, what do you call it? Uh, there were a lot of people there that still needed better Ultra League frillish. Or even Great mm. or sorry, uh, Ultra League Jelson, I guess. Or even Great League uh, Jelson. So I saved a bunch to trade with him, which is nice. Always t- save stuff that other people might find useful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, that being said, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, so I end up doing that uh, for a good chunk of um, the event. And then I caught, caught a bunch of fur fros, um, mostly for Ultra League as well. It's mm-hmm. kind of a spice pick. I think with Best Buddy, it ends up being around the twenty, like low 2400s. Yeah. And it doesn't have the best moveset, but you never <laughs> know if they update one of these movesets one day. You know, it's kind of like double, right? Like, we're like, 
And double could be interesting if it got a better moveset, but it doesn't have one. We'll just take a look mm -hmm. at what the moveset is currently on this. So it's got Bite, Takedown, and Sucker Punch. All three moves, pretty underwhelming. Bite might be the best one, but still not that great of a move. And Sucker Punch and Takedown are both pretty bad. But if they buff one of those moves, it's got Surf, Dark Pulse, and Grass Nine. It's a normal type two. So it's interesting mm -hmm. coverage. Nothing game-breaking coverage, but mm -hmm. it could... It could be interesting. I mean, Dark Pulse and Surface kind of an interesting combo, right? Like you cover the grass, the ghosts, all the ghosts in Ultra League, but then also you have Surf for the steals, uh, or most of the steel grounds, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. you still hard lose to something like a Wretched Steel, but mm -hmm. um, just saving the XLs just in case, I guess, on the Fur Frouse. Just in case. I mean, there's some Pokemon like Galarian Weezing that I really wanted to run in Ultra League, but I'm like, man, I caught so many coughings, but I don't have enough, or, uh, I don't have enough XLs because I never traded them away or anything. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of stats, Furfro isn't a Pokemon like Walrein that's always like, it, 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 it's not inherently great in terms of stats and it just needs a move upgrade. It's kind of like mid, mid range, right? It's like roughly comparable to Venusaur stats, but mm -hmm. at the same defense, a little more stamina, a little less attack. So it's kind of like mid tier. But like you said, I mean, you never know. Ultra League, XL, possibly down the future down the road in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um so something I would definitely recommend looking into. Um but uh yeah, it should. It's it was it was an event that I enjoyed overall. There weren't any special bonuses with the event. Mm -hmm. uh, that I, there's some snapshot stuff, but I think that was mostly it. But there are a lot of tier or second tier evolution, third tier evolution spawns like mm -hmm. uh, Butterfree, Curlia. Those are the two main two, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so those had always nice extra dust. A lot of costume shinies. You can now evolve the. Krogunk with the hats to a Toxic with the hat, which just looks comical because the horns poking <laughs> through the hats. Uh, but I did find a pretty solid one for Great League, so I could upgrade my Toxic now. It's not shiny, unfortunately. But the Marini as well, we talked about. That's a that's a cool one, and a lot of people were looking for that. And I saved a lot of those, and I actually made a Toxic Pest and put it into use. Oh, really? A open Great League tournaments, yes. But more on that later. More on that later. But we didn't see any Imperia in the top eight. So Dude, um yeah. I think I um mean, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. What were we gonna say? Uh no, sorry, I was just gonna jump in. It's like, yeah, Toxapex uh it showed up, but it didn't really uh perform like we expected. There's Swampers and Glaring Stumpfist everywhere, is what I noticed. Um, so I think that's that's where it gets really, really tough, unfortunately. Um and uh there was we we put out a contest last time. We're like, hey, like, um, you know, like take a guess at what what how many you think it was. I said two. You said one or three. I think I said three. I think I okay. Said more. And then and then how Stark said one. I think yeah. I said two because I want to go in the middle there. Um, but uh, yeah. So <laughs> it was actually zero. And shout out to King Duck's pool, who was the only person to guess zero in my Twitter comments. Uh, after mm. I posted the episode and put the trailer up where people were guessing. So um, King Dexpo made a good read there. Yeah, it is. It's it's tough to use, but I think it's really strong in certain matchups. And I will say, in this Open Great League tournament, I'll talk about this more later, I brought it a couple times, and I never lost a match every time I brought it. Really? So, okay, yeah. well, was that... I mean, we'll get, we'll get into more details, but I, I yeah, have some yeah, questions. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yes, prep away. But... um. Yeah, it was only the early rounds, unfortunately. I mean, they weren't really 
they weren't really seeded tournaments either, but it was like play Pokemon mm-hmm. style. But anyway, definitely one a cool one to have. Do not, right? I repeat, do not bring something like a Toxic Pack on ABV team. I'm oh, telling no. you right now, it's bad, <laughs> right? I'm telling you, it can't. I mean, uh, maybe someone's gonna prove me wrong, but I'm telling you, it's just not. Like, you're better off running ABB, like, Galarian Stunfist Bastiodon, right? Like, it's just mm-hmm. neither of them could really force shield advantage in a bad matchup. That's why they're not good safe swaps. When I see people safe swap Bastion, it makes me cringe so hard. And then people <laughs> like, and the people take to it, like, look at how dumb these Bastion users are. I was like, all right, one, that's one person. Two, there's going to be dumb people using every Pokemon, so let's chill, right? <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen people do some dumb things with Swampers and Galarian Stunfist, too. But it's much harder to do dumb things with that because you have play, right? It's just yeah. don't, don't, don't do it. You know, people kept saying that, like, oh, like once they saw my talk specs, like, oh, you're going to do the ABB, like, talk specs, Bastion line? Never. All right. Let me repeat, <laughs> never will. All right. It's not a good idea. It'll never be a good idea. Right. Maybe mm. in show six, if your opponents don't have a great team for both, but in uh, line threes, that sounds like a terrible idea. Doesn't mean that you can't win with it. No, I'm sure people can pull off some wins with it, but I'm just telling you, it's not a good, like, neither of them are good safe swaps. Right. Toxic yeah. is better than Bastion, I will say that, but it still gets walled pretty hard by a few things. And it doesn't have the bait potential like Nidal Queen, right? Nidal Queen's great because you have Poison Fang and then land at Earth Power and like somehow take out Glitter and Stumpfist a lot of times, right? But mm-hmm. like you, you just, what are you baiting with? Sludge Wave? Like, no, you're throwing Brine straight <laughs> through. Like, there's, there's no play there. Yeah, exactly. It's really awful because you make that switch in and then if you get hard countered, not only do you get beat, but your opponent comes out with like a million energy. So then your next Pokemon is like really washed up, right? Especially if it's a Swampert or something, it exits with like almost 100 energy or something. Mm-hmm. It's really, really tough. Yeah, no, definitely. So yeah, there's that. I mean, yeah, I mean we'll, we'll get on more of this later because I did see someone using a Bastion in the top eight of Peoria. And mm-hmm. I know when this person lost, everyone's like, Caleb must be like crying or something somewhere. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, all right? They're using a Shadow Vic with Bastion. It's not just because they use Bastion doesn't mean I approve of every usage, right? Nothing wrong with it. If they want to use it, that's fine. But yeah, again, there's, there's very distinct differences in usage of Pokemon, even if they're one of your favorites. Anyway, we'll get to that more later. <laughs> but um, yeah, so anyway, Toxapex. Definitely an interesting Pokemon. Definitely worth the investment. Mm-hmm. It is kind of a pricey one because you kind of need XLs if it's pretty highly ranked. And I have a pretty mm-hmm. solid rank one. I need a couple XLs for it. Um, so I saved a bunch of trade and stuff. I never really ran out of candies or anything for it. It's just that um, it does it does cost quite a bit. Um, so definitely something something to note there. Um, but yeah. Well, speaking speaking of Fashion Week, I, I think I want to ask the question that's on everybody's mind. Okay. How many? Mega low punny rates have you done? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the people want to know, Caleb. They want to know. This is this is how I got in this problem. All right, take a guess. You take a guess. Uh, I'd say, I'd say you've done twenty. Twenty. That's not a bad guess because you get like two free passes every day, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's a and like little, two two hundred mega energy every time, right? You're a little off the mark. I've done a total of one. <laughs> Oh, come on. Dude, were you talking about how badly you wanted this thing? I got it after one. I'm so oh. bad about raids these days. Like, I, I ain't even going to lie to people. Like, I'm so bad about raids. Like, I just, I've been, uh, yeah, it's it's been um, <laughs> it's been a struggle to say the least. But, um, 
yeah, it's just I I don't know. There's a lot of times where like I want to go do raids and they're just like not nearby enough. Like I have gyms mm-hmm. near my you know like near where I live, but it does take a second to walk to because I'm in Hollywood and it's all like these lights and traffic and stuff and like sure. Um, and sometimes I'm just like in a meeting or doing something, but I just don't get a chance to. So yeah, so I had to be conservative with my low punish candy, <laughs> my mega candy, because I can't just be doing it early, right? I gotta evolve when they're free because I I've limited. Sure. I have 170, right? The original 170 I had, cause I spent the 200 I got from raiding on the first <laughs> evolution. Uh-huh. So. Nice. I, I think they're still in rates for a little bit, a few more days. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so, you're right. Yeah, they're still available currently. Yeah, so I think. Um, yeah, low punny will be around until October 8th. So I still have, at the moment of this recording, I still have four more days. So I probably should do a few more <clears throat> because it's the only fighting uh, mega we have until Magicham comes out and we don't know when that comes out. Um, is there mm-hmm. another fighting mega in the future not, outside of not that I'm a, Not that I'm aware of. I think Mega Medicham is the only other one that I'm aware of. Lucario, right? Does that have a mega? Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Mega so Lucario. Mega Lucario. That would be a huge one because... We talked about this in a previous episode, but Lucario is super rare these days, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, definitely, um, definitely one worth uh, going for. But um, anyway, so yeah, so it was overall. I'm a big fan of the Van um, Evolto as well. Pretty solid Pokemon, I think. Uh, I will say I played a little Open Master League. We'll talk about this in the GBL section later too. And I thought it was my win conditions. They they counter they counter swap it. And I only had one Toad Kiss left, and they had a uh, oh. Zacian and like low health and something else with low health. Zacian had like a play rough ready, but no other move. And I was like, wait, Evolto? Like, this is like the one thing I need to farm down to have the energy to throw at this Zacian. <laughs> dude, this Evolto hits me with a hyper beam. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no shot, yeah. dude. Come on. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I give it to you. I, the hyper beam didn't take me out, but the play rough did after the hyper beam. Mm. So I was like, this is the one move. I mean, it, it could have been Gus as well. It wasn't Gus. It was like Snarl, like Evolto, like Dark Pulse and Focus Blast, right? Like, what else could it be? Yeah, it, it just feels like you're so lucky, right? I mean, you probably encountered one of three Eveltals in all of Go Battle League that's running Hyper Beam currently. Mm-hmm. Like you, you basically won the lottery, man. And I know some people prob- probably <laughs> I cringed. I think they won the lottery in that one. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Agreed, agreed. I know some people probably cringed when we when we talked about the fighting type Megas. I actually went to the trusty old internet and we missed a few. Apparently, there is Mega Gallade. And there's Mega Blaziken. Oh, I forgot about Gallade. Oh, yeah, and Blaziken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Those. Yeah. yeah. Those. So, those so, so forgive us for not knowing the, the Mega. That's okay. Games. Neither of us really played past the second generation of the main series game. So. Exactly. Um, but we will soon in November. That's coming we'll get up. there. Yeah, yeah, that's coming up. Um, I, Are you going to order both copies of the game, by the way, or are you just going to order one? I honestly, I'm trying to gauge my my commitment. Like, I'd really like to hear from from people that listen if they you know want to see that kind of content. If we should play it, I mean, I know you're like pretty firm in wanting to play some VG, and I feel like as a Pokemon player in the position we are, we should try the other titles. But uh, I don't know. I'm undecided. Yeah, I because I think the thing is, if you do want to commit to it, I think you have mm-hmm. to get both copies just for both legendaries oh, and. Okay. Because you can only get one. And I was talking about it. I was like, oh, like, is there a chance to get another one? I was talking to someone that plays VG and they're like, yeah, you're going to have to wait like a few years when they have like a promo or something and they give you like another one or something like that from some events. But otherwise, mm. you only get one. And it's not like the, pe- the other people you play with, they're going to give you their one, their only one, right? So you get both. 
So mm-hmm. I think the play is to get both, which I mean, these aren't cheap games. I mean, games these days are way more expensive than when we were kids, right? Like when right? we were kids, like games were like $20, $30. 40 is yeah. like max, right? But these days, this is like the standards, like 60 plus, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, inflation. Dude. So there's that, but also just to get more expensive. Yeah. I remember going into the, into the, into Walmart to get a new game for like the PlayStation or PlayStation 2, and it was like, you know, 40 bucks. And then when um, the newer console started to come out, it went up to 50, and I was like, oh man. And then it went to 60. Yeah. Like, 50 is like kind of cheap these days. <laughs> yeah. I'm for, surprised for it's like game. 70 or more for a single game. Yeah, I mean, we also got in-game purchase items in mobile games now, too. And that could be costly, but we'll talk about that, too. We will talk Ooh. about that. Um, yep, actually, yep, that yep. could be addition to our tea segment, but uh, well, I'll add that. Into, that was our original <laughs> tea, but we will, we will talk about that. Yeah. Um, I can't, I don't even know how we got to this topic. But anyway, Fashion Week, I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, I actually enjoyed it. I, I didn't think it was as good as Test Your Metal. I really like Test Your Metal. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, you love that event. I, Dude, it was I, cool. I personally liked it a little bit more, but I think Test Your Metal, it, there wasn't as much stuff I personally needed, I guess, right? Because I already have a Glare and Stumpfist made uh, mm-hmm. for Ultra League and uh, Great League and, you know, I, I guess Mega Aggron's like kind of interesting, but yeah, I was definitely looking forward to Low Punny and the marini as well were pretty cool for me but um but i mean you know i think both events were solid overall i like i do like the xls the extra xls from catching from the test oh yeah events. i wish mm-hmm. i did more raids i didn't really do a ton of um ultra beast raids that week so that that is on me i guess but mm-hmm. um i mean i only did one low punny raid so what do you expect from me <laughs> i was gonna say i think i only did like one or two steela steelas i didn't yeah. do any of those yeah I can't believe you thought I did 20 low bunny rates. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, the way you talked about it, I was like, okay, Caleb's going to like load up, right? He wants all I, that mega energy. I should have. I should have. Like, you're not wrong. I should have. I mean, stool type two, normal and fighting. Like, that's that's a really good mega. Because I know oh, yeah. I was talking to someone, Um, it was Dijon this past weekend, and he was saying, he's like, why even mega evolve Agron? You have yeah. other steel megas that have dual typing. Why when would you ever use Agron over the other ones? And he's not wrong. Right, like yeah, if you go to Mega Evolve for Steel typing, might as well get the Bug typing with Scizor, or the Ground typing with Celix, or mm-hmm. is there another Steel type around? Oh, there's uh, tons of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, that have been released though. Oh, that have been released. Ah, uh, I think those are the primary. Those are the main ones. ones. Oh, there's gonna be Metagross eventually right, with the Psychic typing. Like, why ever just go settle for one typing for the Mega Evolve bonus, right? For the catch. Yeah, and he's yeah. not wrong. I was just doing it. I was like, whatever. I'll just do it just in case, right? But. Theoretically speaking, if there's a big steel event, I'm not really going to evolve it. To be fair, though, I don't have a Mega Scizor or Celix yet because I'm still waiting for the Hundos for both to mm-hmm. Mega Evolve, even though I have the uh, the candies for it. So for me personally, I'd probably be using the Aggron for a little bit. So that's just a picky thing. I mean, it doesn't really matter if it's really yeah. a Hundo or not for the bonuses, but that's just my thing. So I'm the same way. Yeah, I, I have a bunch of Pokemon that are tagged for me- future Mega Evolutions, like a like a Metacham. I also have a Metagross tagged for it as well, and those are all Hundos because I mm-hmm. just feel like you know if you're gonna go Mega, you know you go all the way. Exactly, I feel you. That's why I don't have a Mega Blastoise, dude. <laughs> I, I don't have a hundred percent Squirtle, Blastoise, Wartor, or whatever. Like it's been six plus years of this game, and those have been around since release, and I still don't have a Hundo. It's crazy. It's like one of the weird Hundos I don't have. It's that mm. extra. I don't have a Hundo Excadrill. So everyone's talking about how great Excadrill is a Master League Premier Classic and Master League and stuff. Great, but I, I can't. I don't have one. I should have. 
I should have looked harder during that event where they were spawning everywhere like a few weeks ago, but I, I didn't. I thought I'd get one eventually, but I still don't have one. So yeah, man, I'm I'm kind of the opposite. I have uh I have a Lundo uh Blastoise that I built up, and then I have um I have a Hundo Excadrill, but it's at level 50. So everybody's playing Master League Premier Classic and they're like, Yeah, just safe swap drill, safe swap drill. But I can only play open master with it. <laughs> Yeah, it's a strong, strong say swap too. Well, you could try the team that King used in Open Master League. It was like Dragonite, Excadrill, Metagross. Yeah, the Dragonite double steel is really strong. I was playing a little bit of that uh, while I was in Peoria, actually, doing the uh, during the Go Battle Day, just to get some Stardust late at night after the cast. Yeah. And uh, it's solid, man. Zacian lead is really, really tough, but otherwise, uh, you can play around most things. Oh, you play that same team too? Yeah, I was playing. Oh, it in before. open. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, in yeah. open before King made the video. Dude, Zashians are everywhere too. I mean, I don't blame people because they were just in raids, right? But it's mm-hmm. it makes me regret not raiding more at London because I don't have enough. Oh, or, dude, we were right there. We were right by so we many gyms. Were. We, I, I mean, like we know too, right? But people that don't don't know when, like, we were raiding. We were doing the raids. Like when we're back in stage in production, when mm-hmm. all the graphics were set up. We were raiding, or I was, you know. Yeah, um, and because well, sure. there were there were raids everywhere, but I guess we just didn't raid enough. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, that's it's one of those things. Yeah. It's never enough. Like for example, when I got my when I finally got my Hundo Zamazenta, it was the last raid in Seattle, and then I was oh. like stuck at 170 XLs and no more Zamazentas. <laughs> like, come on, uh, that's that's brutal. That's brutal. Um, but yeah, anyway. So don't don't be like us. Do some yes. do more than one low punny raid at the very least. <laughs> we do have community day coming up for Litwick. And we mm-hmm. talked about this before. So if you don't know, now you know. But it is on the Saturday, October 15th from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. This is coinciding with Salt Lake City's regional. Uh, so if you are mm-hmm. going to Salt Lake City. Hopefully you have the morning session or you get eliminated early or <laughs> you just use your, you know, uh, go plus while battling and stuff because it's going to be smack dab in towards the afternoon session. Uh, but, you know, there's Shiny Litwig. Other than that, there's nothing super relevant. Uh, Poltergeist is the move it learns. Great sounding, mm-hmm. cool name, but just a little overkill in the damage. Shadow Ball's plenty. Uh, you never know. Maybe it'll be good later. You get three times XP for catching, and that's about it. Um, mm-hmm. You get candy and stuff, but that's always been a thing. Um, but you do get an extra special trade. So that's nice if you're traveling for Peoria or other events because you do extra special trade. And there'll be, mm-hmm. hopefully, people you don't know there, you can do extra rerolls. Or people you do know, you can do lucky trades. Anyway, that's all pretty much it for Litwig. Um, it's cool shining, but uh, nothing crazy there. You have any thoughts on the community day? No, I, I mean, we kind of uh, covered it a, a little bit last time as well. Um, Poltergeist, uh, as far as we know, I mean, I don't think it's been confirmed. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's going to be a heavy hitting ghost type attack. I don't know that it's going to have any cool effects like it does in the main series. And uh, the thing is, like Chandelure's problem is is that it doesn't live through a lot of damage, right? It gets it gets uh, crushed pretty quickly if you hit it with anything neutral or especially super effective. So giving a Pokemon a high energy, high damage move that can't really get to that move very often is a little bit tough so we'll just have to see how it shakes out but i don't know maybe a hundo uh hundo chandelure could be good for raids i mean if it's a good fire type raid attacker that could be something uh to hang your hat on as well but dude i think every every policy right or excuse me the policy for every event is just to get enough xls so just in case 
it's really good at some point you you can build it yeah yeah i i totally agree and definitely make some but i would say if you want to save some charge tms don't evolve all of them <laughs> into mm-hmm. all your hundos into into chandelers because you may not want poltergeist hunting. it was kind of like mammal swine back in the day like you didn't really need ancient power on it because that's a yep. community move and I evolved a bunch of mammoth swines. And this was back when TMs were really scarce, charge TMs, because they mm-hmm. just like rarely dropped in raids and you couldn't there wasn't GBL back then. I remember burning so many charge TMs to get ancient power off the mammoth swines because they didn't really help for raids much. And <laughs> yeah. I even remember back then, dust was less of an issue for me than charge TMs. So I'll double move mm-hmm. these ancient power mammoth swines so I don't have to burn a charge TM. Just so I could get the avalanche on. But the problem is, once I don't move it, sometimes they would have like bulldoze. So I still have to TM it, right? So it was kind of yeah, of course. But um, yeah, that's that's my recommendation. I don't know. I, I look into I would look into um, poltergeist, I guess, as a ghost move for raids. But my guess is Gengar's still going to reign supreme. So why not mm-hmm. just run the Gengar if you're going to do that? Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's, you know, a pretty cool Pokemon and it's ranked uh, on Game Press. It's ranked as like an A tier raid Pokemon. It's not S or S plus. So it's, you know, it's it's workable. But like you said, if you've got a Mega Gengar, I think that's definitely a superior choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Giratina Origin as well. Yeah, exactly. We do have another event coming up. And this is one that's taking place starting tomorrow for us at the time of the recording. Might be already. Mm -hmm. It's probably going to be live for you by the time you hear this. But it is the Evolving Stars event. So from October 5th to October 11th, um, it, uh, 10 a.m. local time to 8 p.m. local time, uh, mm-hmm. the season light story unfolds. So we continue with the season light. If you see your special quest, you'll see that it's paused at the moment, but it'll be coming a little bit later. And uh, Cos- Cosmo, Cosmoem? How do you yeah, pronounce Cosmo-em. that? Yeah, Cosmoem. Cos- Cosmoem. Yeah. Will be making his Pokemon Go debut. You evolve Cosmog into Cosmoem using 25 Cosmog candy, and uh, you'll still have an opportunity to encounter additional Cosmog in the distant future. Uh, so they said, don't worry about evolving your only Cosmog. But mm-hmm. the question is, can you evolve Cosmog after the fence over? Oh, good question. Hopefully, hopefully, because my Cosmog yeah. is pretty bad. I know a couple of you with Hundo <laughs> Cosmogs out there, like Jonathan Kelly, and. That's pretty good because it turns into one of the legendaries, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I was just, I was just going to say, like, if people are curious where this is going, maybe you only played the earlier generations, like Caleb and I. So, Cosmoem will evolve into either Solgaleo or Lunala. Uh, and in the main series games, it depends on which version of the console game you actually had. So, I don't know how they're going to handle it in Pokemon Go. But cool fact about these two Pokemon. Um, the Solgaleo is a Psychic and Steel, and Lunala is Psychic and Ghost, but they have the exact same stats. They both hit 4570 if they're Hundo maxed out at level 50, both with 226.8 attack, same defense and same stamina, kind of like Charizard and Typhlosion share the exact same stats. It's a, it's a pretty cool wrinkle there, but the movesets yeah. are a bit interesting. So Galeo with, with Fire Spin, Psychic Fangs, and Iron Head is currently recommended on PV Poke, but then again, these Pokemon aren't in the game yet, so they might get adjusted. Lunala with Confusion, Shadow Ball, Moonblast. Um, and the, as far as the Master League, they're a, they're pretty decent. I think it uh, looks like Solgaleo with that moveset goes 15 and 17, whereas Lunala goes 11 and 21. So maybe Solgaleo is a little bit stronger. 
Yeah, Circle Leo also looks a, bit, a little bit cooler, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really mind that. I mean, it's like a cat, right? So can't, Dude, can't hate on that. Did you ever watch? Uh, did you ever watch that old like uh, computer anime um, TV show that was around? It was like the giant mechs. Uh, Liger Zero was like the main robot in that. Uh, in Gundam. See? Zoids, I think it was called. Zoids? No, I never heard. I, of it. I do like Gundam, but here I'll, I'll send you a picture of Liger Zero. It, it kind of looks like uh, that Pokemon, or okay. that that uh, I'll, that I'll Pokemon post it in our like on our Twitter Twitter post of this for anyone curious. Just look in the <laughs> okay. comments. But uh, no, I haven't seen that. Was it good? Would you recommend? It, it was entertaining. Yeah, I definitely watched it as a kid. It was it was uh, one of the first animes to kind of like mix the computer generated graphics with uh, the the hand drawn graphics. It was mm. like, pretty cool. Okay. Have you ever rewatched old animes like when you were a kid or cartoons and stuff and or, or like kids shows and looking back on it, <laughs> it was not as good as you thought. Like that's how power. I'm not saying this is the one because I haven't seen this show, but I remember rewatching Power Rangers and I was like, oh, dude, wait. These villains are just clowns. Like they're 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 like pop. They're like literally Muppets, and they're yeah. like dancing and singing and stuff. And this was the Lost in Space Power Rangers one. It was like the main yes. villain, which is dancing around at a dinner table with a bunch of other villains in the first episode. I was like, why was I scared of these guys? Like, why why was this a thing? Yeah, no, I I know exactly what you mean. I I watched back. Uh, it was a few weeks ago, but I watched back like a few minutes of the first episode of Digimon. And yes, I, so, I watched that too. Yeah, it was so slow, right? <laughs> Very slow. It's like, what are the what are they even doing? They're just like talking and walking around the woods and stuff. I was like, I remember, <laughs> yeah. I remember like Greymon battling. I remember all this cool stuff happening, and it just didn't happen. I was like, man, I, I actually sat through this as a kid. I didn't know my attention attention span could take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good point too. These days, I don't think they draw stuff out as near as much. Maybe we have even shorter attention spans these days, but. I, I really enjoyed Digimon as a as a show. I know we're we're a Pokemon podcast, but Digimon was a great show. I think mm-hmm. over the long course of it, I like progression. And so for me, yeah, that's that's a big one because you see them age and stuff. That's the one gripe I have about the Pokemon anime series is Ash Ketchum never ages. It feels like we're just per- perpetually like in the same adventure he's going on. You know, obviously things change and stuff, and he switches out mm-hmm. different Pokemon, but like. I feel like there's no progression. And yeah. Well, it's it's all by design, right? Like the Digimon uh creators decided that they wanted uh kids to be able to grow up with it, you know, not unlike Harry Potter, mm-hmm. where you start off with Harry as like a young kid and then you know the whole generation grows up with him and then you kind of move on from the story. Whereas Pokemon is just like this eternal, endless uh mission to like go out and be the best and you can be a kid no matter what age you are. So it's like very different approaches. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they grew up quick in Digimon because I was only like a oh, yeah. few years older and they're already grown adults with their own kids. So, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's pretty wild. But yeah, oh, sorry, I do sorry see where you sidetrack us there. No, no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, that. Oh, dude, this thing looks so familiar. Yeah, you probably watched Zoids? the show. Zoids, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe it doesn't look that much like Soljaleo, but. No, I've definitely seen this. Why does this look so familiar? I've definitely seen Zoids before. Yeah. yeah. They actually kind of remind me of... um, um, What's that thing called? It reminds hmm. me a lot of that one anime series as well. It's like where they like combined their robot 
like things together to form a bigger uh, one. Voltron. Voltron, yeah. Yo, it looks go. a lot like Voltron. Maybe I'm thinking yeah. Voltron because these look a lot like Voltron, the Voltron like tigers, whoever, or lions. Oh yeah, they do. Here I'll share you an image of that. They're actually yeah. very similar. Yeah. One of those yeah. like plagiarism. Wow. <laughs> wild. Perhaps, wild. perhaps. I watched yeah. a Voltron Netflix show recently too, so well not recently in the past few years, so that's why it's mm. fresh on my mind. But Wow, it just looks like each company's just copying other companies' ideas. <laughs> it, it it's really interesting, right? And like, not not to get too much on a tangent, but you you mentioned Gundam earlier, mm-hmm. and Gundam to me is such a cool combination of of like historical samurai armor with like technology, mm-hmm. and that's why like some of the some of the outfits really look like plated armor from the the samurais of old. It's just really really cool that those two things kind of came together. And you see some of it like there's another anime called Escaflone where they take like knight armor from you know medi- medieval Europe and they apply that to the mechs and that, and that's also pretty cool looking. It's just the art styles are just incredible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Gundam was definitely something I always wanted to get into, but it would just be randomly on like Toonami and like I never sure. really followed the storyline. But mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to watch it these days too, because again, it might just be worse <laughs> looking Dude, at it it's, as adults. It's a lot about politics, which is really wild. Like no, ma- no matter what Gundam universe you go to, it's always about Earth versus the colonies. And the colonies are are like essentially like subjugated by the Earth. Like the Earth still has ownership over them, but they want freedom. So they send these Gundams down to Earth to like fight the Earthlings and fight for their freedom. It's like it's really heavy into politics. Like it kind of like uh kind of like the prequels of Star Wars, you know? Like there's some action, but then it's like the Senate just ruled on this, you know, this vote, and now we're doing this. <laughs> huh. Interesting. I didn't realize you're such a big Gundam fan. No, man, I just, you know, I watch, I watch a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just wasn't aware. Interesting. All right, maybe we should give it a look. Anyway, we went on a big ta- tangent there, but evolving uh, evolving stars, yes. So <laughs> yeah. uh, Cosmo M you can, will be making its debut. On top of that, my personal favorite Pokemon of all time, no, it's not Bastion, it's Gyarados. There's a Mega Gyarados Raid Day on September 8th. Or, or sorry, October 8th, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday. And Mega Gyarados will be appearing more frequently in raids. You can raid up to five additional raid passes by spinning photo discs, blah, blah, blah. Chance of encountering shiny Gyarados. It's a good one. This is a good one to have. Uh, not mm. only is Mega Gyarados really strong in Open Master League if they allow Megas again, because it was like top of the charts on that one. But it also is really good for Mega Bonuses because you get both the Water and Dark type. So yes, uh, definitely a cool one. Oh, Blastoise wanna... is just water, right? Yes, pure water. Okay, so I right. guess I'm not really missing out on not having that mega either. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was just going to point out, uh, I think Mega Gyarados is going to be really key for October because a lot of the Halloween spawns that we get are also sub dark types. Yeah. So if you want like extra Sableye candy, Mega Gyarados is your mega. That's a good point. Yeah, I've been definitely working on my Gengar as well, too, because I know that we're going to need that mega for most of October mm. if you want the extra candies. I mean, I think XLs will eventually not really be an issue i think the biggest xl skill need uh looking at like ghost pokemon is sableye and yamask for the ultra league uh kofa Grigius and agreed uh, Renurius. um Runerigus? i always pronounce it wrong yeah Runerigus. Runerigus. Yeah, right. i always say Renugris for some reason Runerigus. i just gotta <laughs> think rune but anyway um so those are the two main ones you'll probably want xls for Maybe Dustclops as well, because Dustclops mm-hmm. or Great League does take XLs. 
Um, Evolution but... Dusclop, uh, excuse me, Shadow Dusclops and Evolution Cup looks nasty. Oh yeah, I didn't even, I wasn't even on my radar, but mm-hmm. that is true though. It, yeah, we could have to talk about that in a second. That's yeah. gonna be an interesting one. Um, and on top of that, uh, we have Wild Encounters and two. There's a lot of. It's a bunch of two-stage evolutions, which is kind of weird. Like Akuna, Pidgeotto, Poliwhirl, Kadabra, Haunter, Seedra. Uh, we'd have Scyther spawning. I do need a hundred of that, so maybe I'll get that. But nothing crazy yeah. there. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing, no new shinies either. Uh, and then for raids, we still have Evolto until uh, October 8th. And then October 8th to 20th, we have Xerneas. Xerneas is actually going to be interesting. And it could be shiny too. But Xerneas now with the it got a tackle buff, right? Is a tackle yes, that it yeah. has. Yeah, it's actually can. ranked pretty high in Master League. I've heard word about people, some people running it. I haven't seen one myself because it's probably hard to get. But it's ranked eleven right now in Master League Open, which is kind of big. It learns tackle, which generates more energy now than before. It's a better move, and then you also have close combat mm-hmm. and Moonblast. I think tackle generates more injury. I might have misspoken. I'm thinking about quick attack now, but yeah. So, uh, tackle so just quick got a buff, but I, I forgot what the buff was. Yeah. So, so quick attack is the two turn move. We've seen some diggers be used it in GBL, uh, and it's pretty comparable to to a lot of good fast moves like Shadow Claw. But tackle is a one turn move, and it essentially became like a water gun. You get three energy per tackle, and you still deal like meaningful damage. So it's essentially like if you gave Xerneas water gun more or less. So don't be like me. Go raid these because it could be well. I mean, it's already kind of relevant, but um, I think I think a Xerneas Zacian combo double fairy with like charging pressure could be really fun. Because okay. typically, you know, you see fairy move, they're they're usually faster in pressure, but Zacian's already charging pressure, and on top of that, Xerneas like that could be that could be really cool. But mm, agreed. You know, so that that'll be an interesting one. Anyway, for those that raided a lot of Xerneas, <laughs> I know um. Our friend Coach Mom, I think, has like 800, 900 Xerneas XL candies already. I was like, why did you raid Xerneas so hard back Dude, the first time around? I, I don't mean I don't mean to like, you know, uh reveal my uh my cards here, but I did ask her to record some battles with it for a potential YouTube video. I know oh. some other people have already done it, but uh but like you like you, she's one of the people I know that rated the heck out of it. I was like, <laughs> well, yeah. you know? I was like, <laughs> I, she took a screenshot and sent it to me in a group chat. I was like, yeah, I was like, where, like, why, why would you, why would you do this to yourself? I don't have that much of XL candies of any legendaries, maybe mythicals. If you look at Melmetal, I don't, I don't even know if I have it. Okay, I have more Melmetal XLs, but that, that's like, Dude. that's like, doesn't even count because you get those like so easily. But I had Dude. literally don't have any legendaries that have that much XLs, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she has that much for Xerneas before it got a buff, which is. Mm-hmm. bonkers but man one of the most cringe things i'm just gonna come out and say dude one of the most cringe things i've ever seen on twitter and maybe we could actually like make this a tea segment one day mm-hmm. but you know how people just post like you know their quote-unquote flexes from time to time yeah one of the most cringe things i've ever seen is like a mail metal with like a hundred thousand candies and that's fine but the post was well, where do you send all your extra rare candies i've been dumping mine into mail metal for a long time <laughs> And I don't remember who it was, but I was like, why in the hell are you putting your rare candies into a Melmetal when you can just open a Meltan box anytime you want? Yeah, that's pretty. Wait, like, that was this the- is rare candies or rare XL candies? No, just rare candies. Okay. Not the but rare So that's still really weird. Were they like, trying to go for the you- flex? I don't why know. Why just open up the box? I don't understand. 
I, I don't understand either. You can get them for free if you just do the mail tent box every three days. I don't understand at all. Like some of some of these flexes are are almost like cell phones. <laughs> Let's hope they don't listen to your this podcast. They're gonna come after you one day, dude. <laughs> I, I'll talk to them. I I, I want to hear the reasoning. If they if they give me good enough reasoning, like I'm going for the world record or something like that, then I'll be like, okay. But is there anyone else going for the world record? Like they no. might be the only one. Every three days, they just open. This is a single race. Like what? No, like a no, single person race. Like what, it, what, why do they need it? That's it's weird. like it's like a person trying to get into the Guinness Book of World Records for like the number of cans of peanut butter they can eat consecutively. Like no one else is going to try to do that, man. Exactly. There's no need to rush it. Is there, I, listeners? You got to help me out here. You got to help me and Speedy out here. Is there a secret or a, a not very well known Meltan candy race going on somewhere in the Big Grinders community? Right? Is there are there multiple people going for the most amount of Meltan candies in the world? Like, is this a race that's actually happening? Is it a close race that you have to dump rare candies into, or are we just tripping here? Dude, we I, gotta know. We gotta know. Help hey, you know what? I, I bet they're evolving their mega agrons while they catch them. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. They like mega agron coming in clutch. They don't need any other type. Of, they're just going for the Meltan candy. <laughs> Jesus. Yo, this is gonna be like Desmond from Lost. They're setting an alarm every three every three days to like <laughs> to to pop that new mountain box. Yeah, otherwise the world will end. I mean, they'll lose the contest. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Wow, that's too funny. I I don't know. It's <laughs> that's a weird one. I mean, there are competitions going out there. You know, I know someone. Um, I forgot. It was I think it was Ryan five two one. I think is his mm-hmm. name. Um, I think he has like the most amount of Pikachu candy in the world. Yeah, that's legit. Uh, right? You know, like, but but a lot of people, I know a lot of people go for that. And that's a very common sponsor. You kind of have to keep up. But I don't even think he's like dumping in rare candies into it, right? Mm-hmm. Into Pikachu. But you know, there's other like there are competitions with like most amount of candies in the world and stuff like that. And even if there's not like a lot of people going for it, like you want to hold on to your number one placement there, right? You can't really let up on the grind. So I guess whenever there's a big Pikachu event, he's always out there pineapping every Pikachu. But uh, it, it reminds me of of Behaz. Behaz does the same thing. He tries mm-hmm. to catch all the Pikachu he can. Yeah, he had quite the collection too of Hundo Lucky Pikachu's. But um, yeah, I'm not much of a collector. I mean, I could be even bar- barely get enough Megalopony, and <laughs> 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 that's not a necessity. So. Um, Anyway, so Xerneas will be coming into raids, and then we have, speaking of Mega Low Pony, that'll be, again, until October 8th. And the 8th to the 20th, we have Mega Minectric, which is also Pure Electric, if I'm mistaken. Uh, I'm actually looking it up now. Yeah, Pure Electric. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of Mega Electrics, so it might not be too bad. The other one's Ampharos, which I don't have a lot of candies of, but I did have enough to evolve, Mega Evolve the one I have. So mm-hmm. I've just been slowly kind of working through that one. Uh, 15 more times till level three, I guess. But, um, but yeah, Mega Manectric, another one if you need other electric options. But yeah, single typing again, kind of like Dijon said, like why do it if you could just go for like electric dragon, right, with Ampharos. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been trying to make multiple copies of different ones as well, just in case. Because like Smart. I'm trying to make two Gengars because assuming like the ghost event, right, if, if you need a... If you need to mega evolve like every single day, you still have yes. to spend some extra candies every day to mega evolve the one level three you have. Or if you have three of them, you just do a, a free one every time you're out of rotation for the other ones. Um, yeah, very smart. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm probably only conserving 
like a few mega candies. I don't think it's actually like game breaking or anything, but mm-hmm. um, I figured might as well do what I can to save what I have because <laughs> you never know. Yeah, and you, and you can also think in terms of like rareness as well. For example, I think Dragon is one of the most rare types in the game. So if you work on your Mega Altaria or whatever it might be, I think that's always going to be useful for you because the Dragon events are so rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't I haven't made the Mega Vault of Latios or Latios. I'm waiting for the Hundo for those. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Same. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're we're in we're in the struggle bus here. <laughs> <laughs> there is fuel research tests, and some of them you give stardust, evolution items, and mega energy. So hopefully you get like that's a big one for the mega energy ones. It's really cool when you get mega energy for something that's not as common, right? Like Absol or something like that. Like they didn't have mega energy tests for low punny. I don't I don't care what people say, I guarantee you there was none, right? Because people yeah. said that to me, like, well, why don't you do the research tests? Like there weren't any. I, I, trust me, there were no field research tests with mega low punny. Because I, I would know, right? Because I've been looking for it. But Mm-hmm. That would be really cool if they had Mega Energy for certain ones that aren't in raids. We don't know, though. Like The common ones are just not as interesting. Like I have so much Mega Candy for Venusaur, Charizard, Blastoise. Like, it, it doesn't yep. matter if they're in research tasks. It might be Pidgeot, right? Um, but for for some of the other ones, I think it could be good. Uh, Dude, so. you've gotten you've gotten Mega Energy from spinning stops, right? Like Mega Beedrill Energy is what I it's, keep getting. It's just Beedrill, yeah. Apparently, just I think to my knowledge, I was talking to someone over this past weekend about it. I think apparently Mega Beedrill is guaranteed to, or, or sorry, yeah, Mega Beedrill Energy is guaranteed every time you spin in every gym, even if it, you don't get the animation for it. So, oh, wow. so okay. you get five for that, which is why everyone has so much Mega Beedrill. Energy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting for um. I'm still waiting for events where they bring back a drill run for Beedrill because I accidentally oh, yeah. TM'd off my drill run. <laughs> oh no! On my Hundo Beedrill that I Mega Ball because I was just I was just having a brain fart moment. I was like, wait, I can just power this off for raids. It's pretty good poison attack, especially if I Mega Ball it. I have Exodus yeah. on it. Exodus is not too bad, I guess, right? Against some of the dark types. And mm-hmm. then I don't really need drill runs, not stab. I probably need sludge bomb though for the fairies. <laughs> so I TM off the drill run, and it of course gives you the warning sign, but you just click past it really quickly. Yeah. And then right after that, I was like, oh, "What did I do? I just TM'd off drill run on my only Hundo evolved Mega B drill." Mm-hmm. So I do have a hundred hundred percent Kakuna that I could evolve, but I, I need to get around to it. Yeah, so. but then but then you need to you need to elite TM that one, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm 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 not evolving it until like there's an event where I can get drill run on the PTO. Oh, I hear you. I hear yeah, you. yeah. Because that just sounds like such a dumb reason to spend a BTM. <laughs> but it was yeah. also a dumb idea to TM off the drill run. So <laughs> there was that. Yeah. So so we're kind of stuck. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Store of my life is being stuck in a bunch of Pokemon <laughs> conundrums that I could have avoided. Um. There's evolution challenges, stuff like that. So we'll see what that is. We don't really know. And then there's evolution cup, which will be more GBL related, but it is also mm. included in this event. So it looks like an interesting event. No, again, no like real big bonuses like Stardust or extra candies mm-hmm. or extra experience. But the event itself looks okay where you don't really need that stuff, I guess. I mean, the spawns are interesting. Uh, I mean, I still need the Hundo Scyther, so maybe I'm just alone on that one. But mm-hmm. um having the raid day is kind of cool i think the raids are the raids that are going to be out like especially the legendaries and the megas are cool outside of that maybe it's not the most game-breaking events but i'm okay with just a more chill event so i just had a realization this uh this event looks like it's going to last 
uh, until the 11th. Hmm, interesting. So I'm just looking at October, right? Because I, I think everybody's wondering when the ghost event is going to happen. I mm-hmm. think that's the main thing people are looking for. But this goes until October 11th. That just gives them like, what, uh, 19 days or so to have the Halloween event. And if there's a gap like there has been in, in the most recent events, a gap of two to three days, then, you know, it might be even less. Maybe it's only like two and a half weeks for the uh, the ghost event. But I don't know. I'm interested to see what they do with it. And I don't think we'll get uh lunala soldier leo i don't think we'll get those until maybe november which is a bit of a bummer but yeah i'm gonna be hyped when the ghost event announcement comes out yeah yeah no i agree it it should be a good one for sure we'll see i think most people want more opportunities for uh, galarian yamask because that's how you get Runa Regis. Did I do it right? Runa Regis. Uh, I was stressing a little bit. You know, I was like, I was building up to it. I'm, re- I'm really nervous to have to cast a Runa Regis at a play Pokemon events because I'm going to, I'm definitely going to, it's definitely going to be running through my mind on how to pronounce it. And I think like Dude. the more stress you get, like the more likely you're going to mess up. <laughs> so, yeah, the more, the more you're in your own head, right? It's like you second guess. Uh, speaking of Pokemon names that are hard to uh, pronounce, I mean, I know we'll get to this, this topic uh, pretty soon, but uh, Cosmoem, we actually had to review that before the cast this past weekend and then alpha fee made a pun and i want i want to see if you uh if you get this one you ready okay yeah i'm ready he said it's going to be very exciting because during the evolving stars event you can get uh, you can get another um oh my god i just forgot the name of the first evolution cosmog cosmog and he said you can now have cosmore of them oh and I was like, all you right, know, all during right. the cast, I was listening. I was like, uh, what is he trying to say? He just made a mistake. <laughs> but he said, cause more of them. Like, instead of cause moem, cause mo of them. I like that. I like that. I wonder if he planned that. He probably did, right? There's no oh, he did. On the spot. Yeah. he did. That's pretty clever, though. I did, you know, so there were parts. So what I was doing is it started on Saturday. And we'll talk more about this after the we talk about the play Pokemon stuff. But mm-hmm. I was out of town. I was in Toronto, actually, for King and Cindy's wedding. Um, who, if you don't know, I mean, you probably, I don't even know. No, they know. Yeah, they, they know. know. They know who King is. <laughs> anyway, so we're in Toronto for, it was a big PEP Pokemon wedding. And the wedding itself started at 4 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, leading up to it, uh, I was rooming with HM London. So me and HM London were just in our Airbnb playing our GBL, like go battle day sets. Because there's a ton of them. We try to get through as many as we can before the wedding. But the Wi-Fi was just really bad. And I think the Wi-Fi got worse because we were both simultaneously streaming the play Pokemon tournament. Oh, no. On our own, like, computer or, like, iPad and stuff like that. So, like, I could hear, like, on his side, but he could hear on my side as well. But, like, we both just wanted to, like, battle from the comfort of our bed or at the desk or whatever. Like, yeah. We were both watching off the same screen. Um, so, I think both of us streaming the Twitch streams while also both playing Go Bow Leg, uh, Go, Go Bow Day, while also both being in like the basement floor of this house for the Airbnb, like made the the connection really bad. But anyway, I just remember when I was watching it, like I, I wasn't fully listening to all the commentary, but I do remember reading in Twitch chat that people were like, oh, that was really smooth, Alpha Feeb. And I think that was probably right after you made the pun. Oh yeah, probably. No, yeah. he snuck in a few. And if uh, if people like watch closely, uh, I don't know if he, if he reveals it on stream, but you and I know this, Caleb. Uh, people like uh, Wholesome, he will bring a list of puns that he wants to get in during that cast. And that's like what? where the wall. Yeah, dude. Uh, he has like a whole note card just filled with like small text 
of puns. And when, that's where the, the Walrein train choo-choo came from. What? That's – man, I need to prep my casting more, I guess. Dude, I, I, don't know. I will say I'm not a big puns person in general, mm-hmm. but I think a well-placed pun definitely could go a long way. Agreed. Agreed. Like, I'm, I'm definitely tasteful. not any – yeah, I'm not anywhere on like King's level of loving puns, mm-hmm. but – I'll make a pun once in a while, like once on a blue moon. Mm-hmm. So Degree. maybe I'll make yeah. one in a future casting. We'll I was going to say, now people are going to look out for it. They're like, Caleb, you didn't give any puns in your, at your <laughs> next event. What's going on? No promises. No promises. Yeah. <laughs> Cosmo of them. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Depending on which one I cast, maybe I'll try to fit something in to um, – I don't know. I'm trying to think of a pun right now, but I can't just. Yeah, I know. Yeah. On, yeah. On the spot, on the spot, it's really tough. Um, I'll give you a nasty fact because we talked about this uh, just briefly about the Evolution Cup. Uh, I found this completely just totally disgusting. So uh, I was looking at Sims from Vigoroth versus Shadow Dusclops because Vigoroth is like the top dog in this meta or the top monkey, whatever. And uh, <laughs> I was like, surely Dusclops will beat it, right? This is like a Driftlin Vigoroth situation. Like, come on, you know, Dusclops has to beat this thing. In the one shields, Vigo can go straight bulldoze. And if you time your moves correctly, you defeat a Shadow Dusclops with Hex, Shadow Punch, and Ice Punch. You defeat it in the one straight bulldoze. Dude, I call this. That's disgusting. Nasty. Yeah. I mean, it it doesn't beat Machoke, but with energy lead, it potentially could beat Machoke. And the I mean, problem with Machoke, agreed, agreed. It takes all that super effective damage and still, like you know, puts up a fight. But the problem with Machoke is that it it only learns fighting moves. So yeah, if you come up you against a Dusclops, that's true. If you come up against like a Dusclops, though, you're screwed. Yeah, I you know, <laughs> funny enough, I have a Shadow Machoke built because I did this for Silphac, like over a year ago for like some oh, stuff wow. it was pretty bad i won like maybe one battle with it and i had it locked into a pro <laughs> pass but that's about it um i lost like almost every other battle i had with it um uh-huh. but i still i still won most of those tournaments um or like like a majority of my i think i swept a whole like seven round or something with it but nice. it wasn't really because of my choke <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway that being said yeah, its coverage is awful. Like you, you literally only have fighting moves and fighting moves, especially the shadow variants. Maybe if you're lucky and you have the, you know, the purified version, it could be okay. Yeah, but we'll see. It is ranked pretty high in the Evolution Cup. Yeah, yeah, so. we'll see. I mean, it's gonna be interesting because uh, whenever you look at the rankings, right, you see like uh, Pokemon that that appear really powerful, but they end up not being. For the longest time, Groudon was like the number one Pokemon in the Master League rankings, and you know when you do see a Groudon, it seems very. Uh, uh, it, it seems like you can handle it with most teams, right? It's not that dominant. Lugia is number one in Master League at the moment. That's it's true. Just the bulky- it's not there's no i mean you got you got perfect bait situations there but there's so many steel types that like yeah it's good against a lot of the meta but against the top tier meta there's just a ton of steel it's just it's actually much harder to use than you would yeah say. very much like altaria right like it's mm-hmm. it's really highly ranked but against the azumarils and gfisk of the world it's like kind of kind of tough yeah i mean i would say altaria is even more relevant than lugia is in master league than altaria is in great league but agreed yeah dragonite is number two that is bizarre to me. Like I, right. I that's just that's just perfect situations against the steals. perfect superpowers. Yeah, yep. perfect superpowers. And there's a lot of dragons, so I can see it. But it's just 
no, this Dragonite's not. I mean, it's good, but it's not that good. Especially with two power, you have no play against fairies now. But agree. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Um, <laughs> but Peoria, so you were there. Yeah. I watched most of the casting. Like I said, I, we were watching most of it for. I didn't watch the later, like the last, like two ish hours of mm-hmm. day one because the wedding was starting. Everything we had to head over there. Uh, but we watched all of day two collectively as a group in uh, King and Cindy's uh, apartment complex, actually. It was actually quite cool. Mm-hmm. I have some uh, vlog footage as well because I brought some. So it was cool because we're all watching this group and cheering and stuff and, like, reacting to, like, big plays and stuff. It was it was a lot of fun um, to Very watch nice. with a bunch of people, yeah. Um, and, yeah, they had, a, they had a big screen TV and everything, too, which was cool in, the, in one of their uh, multi-purpose rooms. But how was it for you as as casting? And this is the first time you're casting since Worlds in London, right? Yeah. No, this is this is the first one, and I'm actually I'm really curious to hear what you thought as well. Uh, but I'll give you a, a quick rundown. I mean, uh, definitely a very fun tournament. The battles were insane. We had a lot of variety. I think a lot of people were unsure how things would go because Toxapex had just arrived, and a lot of people were trying to bring it. But like like we talked about in the beginning that, that you pointed out, when you switch in a Toxapex and you see like in the in the team preview, your opponent has Swampert, they have Galarian Stunfist, they have whatever. When you see those ground types on the other side and you and you switch lock your own Toxapex, you're basically like setting yourself up for a bad time. Uh, and that happened repeatedly. A lot of people were either switching in the Toxapex or they had it as their last Pokemon. And it's such a wonky, like, uh, off balance Pokemon. It's hard to know how to play it because it takes so long to get to Brine and Sludge Wave. And in so many shooting situations, like Trevenant is loading up the second Shadow Ball by the time that you have baited and you're halfway to your Sludge Wave. So in a lot of situations, it's hard to know when to actually bait. And we got a few Brine baits that were really good, but Honestly, it just seemed very, very underwhelming. Um, and then if you like fast forward through the tournament, a uh, hot pocket had every single one of his battles streamed. Uh, the only, the only round where he wasn't on stream was actually round one when he had a buy. <laughs> Why somebody as talented as hot pocket got a buy. I don't know, but he got it. And obviously it, he proved he didn't need it because he won every single other series except one. So uh, Hot Pocket was incredibly impressive. And I thought the finals were crazy because the teams were so different. We saw so many Azumarill. We saw so many Galarian Stunfisk, Altaria. But then the finals was like Noctowl versus versus Tapufini and Kofagrigas. It was so bizarre. Uh, what, what did you guys think? Did you enjoy watching the stream? Oh, yeah. It was it was, it was incredible. Uh, especially day two was really nice. I mean, day one was also really good. I think my one of my biggest concerns going into Peoria compared to some of the previous regionals, um, at least in North America, is the what was the total participation out of curiosity? Uh, so I have it uh, written here. We had in Peoria, we had sixty-two players registered. Okay, so that's not too bad. I think going into it, I thought there's only going to be thirty something, yep. but I guess a lot of people signed up last minute and helped fill out the roster. So sixty something is still not bad for a size, but definitely smaller than Baltimore, smaller than. Uh, I think Milwaukee, small than Columbus, probably small mm-hmm. than Indianapolis as well, and Vancouver. So probably the smallest one to date for North America, yeah. but right. it's still a sizable amount. And I, I think the competition would still look really, really strong on stream, which was really good, especially day two. Day two was just like all the battles were just incredible, I think. And mm-hmm. we had two Shadow Vicks in day two, which is crazy. One with yeah. Shadow Vic and Bastion. And uh, not my kind yeah. of Bastion team. I'll just put it out there. But hey, making top eight. <laughs> is impressive no matter what 
with a Shadowvik and a Bastion in show six, even more impressive. So still props. Uh, I forgot the name of the player who ran it. Um, I have it here. So the two Shadowviks that were in the top eight were Onion Frank and Meteor Folion. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's a Meteor Meteor Folion. Um, mm-hmm. Sounds a little familiar, but I don't remember. They, they haven't gone to GBLA or anything like that, right? No, they have not. Okay. So I'm not sure where I, I heard of their name from, but uh, either way, um, that definitely definitely impressive feat, and on <laughs> Frank's signature Shadow Vic as well. So <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't bring the Bastion too. But um, anyway, back to back top eights for uh, Onion Frank. So shout out there. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was good. The competition was really good. I enjoyed it. We saw a few talk specs here there, but yeah, nothing super impressive. And I'm not super shocked by it. I think it's going to take some people. Honestly, I think the bigger issue is knowing how to team build around it. It's not even sure. the most more so using it. I think it's hard to team build around because super weak to ground, uh, super weak to uh, ground on, super weak to ground <laughs> Pokemon like Swampert and Galarian Sunfist primarily those two, mm-hmm. and not great against Skarmory. We did see a few Skarmory's here there too, and so that and also not great against Sableye, right? Because you're resisting all the poison da- damage as well. So those mm-hmm. three Pokemon, Swampert, Galarian Sunfist, Sableye, are kind of very very common in in Great League uh, Show 6 formats. So, again, I get why it's hard to build around, but I think if people find ways to make a team work with it, um, I think it could be really, really strong. It's kind of like what we said about Raquanid. Raquanid is like, yeah. it's good, but like it's hard to use. But we saw Weedle sweep the seniors' worlds division with a Raquanid. So, yeah, you're right. You know, and, and is actually was very good... Um, into his uh, opponent's team, Allen's 716. Mm-hmm. And because people don't really prep for it, right? So, you know, at the same note, it's a little different for Toxapex because it's kind of hard to not prep for Toxapex because you're prepping you're prepping against Toxapex without prepping against it. There's so many other great coverage that Galarian Sunfist and Swamper has in the meta that Toxapex is almost always going to be countered in some way, shape, or form on people's teams, even if they're not trying to counter it. So that's where I think it's a little bit harder to bring and kind of similar to my experience when I use it in an open Great League format this past weekend. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it could be useful. It just It's going to be hard. I, I, I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if someone does well with it, but I do think that it won't be very common. It won't be very common on teams that have success. I, I guess yeah, I you're- that way. You're exactly right. It's just the way that the meta is set up currently. I mean, ground is already so strong. Uh, there's so, such a prevalence of Swampert and Stunfist that uh, the meta is already like poised to beat it. So when you bring the Toxapex, you're kind of pushing against the current, and you're trying. You're you're basically like fishing for Azumarill's and Alola Ninetale matchups. Like that's exactly you know what you're looking for, and it's so hard to get to them when there's already so many bodyguards that exist around them. Just natural, it's like a, a cause of the natural meta environment it's hard to get past all the others that are really tough for Tox Specs to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but overall, I had a I had a blast watching it. It was a really, really great tournament. And uh, luckily, there weren't any significant Wi-Fi issues, to my knowledge, compared to Baltimore. Again, that was kind of out of control for people in Baltimore, too, because I think that was just um, network issues. So- the, the problem that we actually had at this one was that the left phone, for, for example, uh, when you look at the phones on the stage, they actually are plugged in. And that plug is not only their power source, it's, it's actually the hardwired internet as well. 
and the left phone uh, kept coming unplugged. It came unplugged twice uh, during the, I think it was only in day two, it came unplugged. But essentially like, you know, the whole game comes to a halt because that's your, your power, your internet, your everything. So that's like, you know, the new thing that's coming up. It, they say there's always something, but you know, there's, <laughs> there's some truth to the saying here. Yes. I actually, no, I do remember that. The first time it was against, it was Tony Jr. versus Trent. I remember. Yes. And it was that phone. Mm-hmm. It, and Cause I remember it was such a weird one. Cause the, cause his phone just screen just went black. And then yep. on the opponent side, you see they just freeze, right? And they can't do anything. And then it finally comes back up. And the same thing happens again in the grand finals with uh, Enhoff and Hot Pocket. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was a game five in the grand finals. And I th- props to the judge. I, it, it was it Need for Speedy, maybe, who was judging this one. But props to whoever the judge was. If uh, I'm sorry if it wasn't Need for Speedy. But um, for making this call, they chose not to rematch it. And mm-hmm. that was the right call, in my opinion, I think everyone watching as well in Toronto, because what Hopaka did was when the lag happened, it was the Altaria versus his Lickitung, mm-hmm. he ends up pausing a little bit and gets off one body slam um, later on. Mm-hmm. And that body slam would have came through even if Enhoff did not lag. But because yep. Hopaka did that, there was really no need to rematch it because the body slam would have played out the same way. And... Enhoff didn't have to throw a sky attack or anything. She was going to farm down Lickitung anyway mm-hmm. at that range. And it might have been just a few lick damage difference. But I think, to my knowledge, it was like a glaring stunfish or something that just hard counted the Altaria. So it didn't actually make a difference there. And I think that's a that was a really good call by the judges. Given the, like, you know, It's a very unfortunate circumstance, but it's a really good call. Because, in my opinion, like that's so, it's so hard to replicate something that happened. And in a game pivotal Game 5... Like that could that could really just make or break someone's end results when it shouldn't, right? When it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be rematched. It's hard to play things out exactly how you did, especially that late into the game. And I think that was a really good recognition by the judges' part. But I agree. I did. I did see. I did. We did all notice that it was like we all were like, "Wait, the left phone again? What the heck?" Because I remember yeah. the Tony Junior one and the Trent one was unfortunate because there was so much more at play there, and it was early on. It was right after the first matchup. I think it was they were just getting mm-hmm. to their second Pokemon. Um, actually, Tony Jr. I think was still on his first one with the Power Stone Alone Ninetales, which was a really genius and cool idea. That um, was really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played against Tony Jr. a lot in the past, and he always runs something spicy. Like his team composition is really spicy. This time around, the team composition didn't look that spicy. Besides maybe the Umbreon, but the Umbreon had Psychic, and the, the Alone Ninetales <laughs> had Powder Snow. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, this, this guy's just—he's really—he's a really good battler and a really cool guy too, based on my interactions. So. Um, really cool to see him on the stage here and put on a show. But that one was unfortunate because they had to rematch it. But props to both competitors. They both played it out exactly how they did the first time around. So yes. it actually didn't change anything. It was just unfortunate from a spectator perspective and from a competitor perspective that you had to rematch it. But um, mm-hmm. but I think given this, given the faulty like issues there, both instances at least, you know, I don't think change any outcomes of what would happened. Um, mm-hmm. if that didn't happen but yeah i did find that weird it was just like the cable <laughs> yeah. or something or what was that yeah yeah as far as we know it was a it was a cable disconnection like you know when you pick up the phone you start to move around 
sometimes, you know, some things can happen. Maybe the cable was a little bit tight under the desk. Maybe you didn't have enough slack. And if you just kind of lean back too much, or if you move, you know, the phone up too high, it can cause a situation like that. That's just like another thing we have to look into, uh, in terms of getting everything ironed out. Maybe there needs to be like uh, a reinforcement there to keep the cable connected to the phone. Because we also like joked, you know, I, I don't think any of our trainers that ever do this, cause this is pretty sleazy. We also joked like, Oh no, I'm losing. Shadow Victory Bell came out versus my Swampert. Unplugged the phone. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, unplug do rematch. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, don't <laughs> even put that vid- that idea into existence, Speedy. <laughs> I know, I know. Just just cut this part out. Yeah, it's like, uh, I, I, it's fine. If you want to do that, they can do that. But I, I mean, I hope they don't. But, um, but no, I. I just wanted to point out as well, uh, you mentioned Need for Speedy. Need for Speedy was not the head judge at the event, but she was up on stage quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And this is really cool because she's following up uh, Mel Good being the held head judge in Baltimore. And then on the stage, one of our finalists was actually a female Enhoff. It's just really cool to see the girls at PvP coming out and just absolutely crushing it. And I just like couldn't be more proud of, of all the progress and, and all the amazing things they're doing because it's it makes a difference. You know, it's really cool. Yeah, nothing to take away from Hot Pocket there, but I thought Enhoff had an incredible performance this past weekend too, really only losing in the grand finals twice, and that was it, but going on an incredible sweep, uh, beating Hot Pocket in the winner's finals in game five, and then taking to game five in both the grand finals, like it was... It was crazy. So man, I gotta I gotta tell you, Caleb, at at, at uh Worlds in London, Enhoff was in the last chance qualifiers. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately she didn't place in the top two. I believe she's either top four or top eight. Well, she was and on a the, tear though. <laughs> People just didn't she was know. On a tear. Yeah. yeah, she was yeah, crushing I, it and she's been crushing shame. it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh Enhoff didn't get invited to Worlds and she took it really hard. And like I'm not gonna get into, into details or anything, but I spoke with her a little bit after that and she was, you know really feeling down because you know you go all the way to london you get so close to getting into the first worlds and you're just unable to really get there so to see her uh finish second and earn that invitation i mean she still has to you know to foot the bill to get to yokohama but now she knows so far in advance she can start to make plans she can start to budget all that kind of stuff it's just really cool to see someone who has contributed so much to our community uh, get a unique opportunity that they 100 percent deserve yeah, no, really well said. And I, and I didn't even know about what you mentioned about her taking it really mm-hmm. hard, but that makes sense. I mean, because she put on such a good performance in London too and just barely missed out. Um, and, and the thing is, she always runs some weird spicy teas. I mean, she had a primate on her tea. What? Like, okay, you thought the Tabufini's weird. We get a primate on top of that. Like, like Tabufini at this point is no longer even weird after, you know, <laughs> she's brought it to like multiple tournaments, right? I think she had like a jump up as well in the last one in Baltimore. Uh, I remember yeah. how Stark talked about it briefly. And a dugong, right? So definitely being innovative as well, um, but also having success with their teams which is just crazy and bro when, when primate came out in game four yeah the, everyone freaked out everyone finals, was cheering dude, in, in 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 toronto as well too because we're like yeah here it comes yeah yeah i can I, hear I, them I, over the I, headphones i even yeah. said it too before like before she brought it out i even was i was even saying it to some of them i was just like what does Primate do for like? Why not just bring like Metachamber? I guess mean, I guess it's a little mm-hmm. bit less weak to, it's a little less weak to the Ghost, which I guess makes sense. But like, why not bring like a Surfetch or something? Like Primate is we've never seen a Primate on the top eight like ever. Yeah, in, in play Pokemon for Pokemon Pokemon Go, and I know it's only been a little over a year, but still, we've never seen it. I haven't really even seen Primates on teams, maybe one or two teams, but like nothing yeah. that really went very far in competition. So, um. 
But that actually makes a lot of sense to you say all that because I remember Enhoff posted something on Twitter a little bit ago of her travel schedule for the upcoming mm-hmm. season for Play Pokemon. I was like, man, Enhoff is on the grind for sure on these competitive circuits because I remember she had multiple, multiple uh, things listed on her notepad for her travel uh, plans as well. And yeah. uh, she made, you know, made a last-minute registration for Peoria as well, which... I'm glad because it, it definitely <laughs> But right? I remember, yeah, where did she post this? I, I wish I could find it. But yeah, it was, I just remember looking at it. I was like, wow, that's a, that's quite the grind there. But yeah. Um, but now what, right? Do you go to all the tournaments anyway? Or do you just kind of sit <laughs> yeah. back and chill? Yeah. Or just, or just sit back, chill and just, you know, save up to travel to Japan, which is, uh, this definitely makes sense too. I mean, you know, knowing Ed Hoff, I wouldn't be surprised if she still attends as a spectator or to help out as a judge or some other stuff too. But because mm-hmm. um, I know Ed Hoff is super involved in Go Stadium as well as uh, has been writing some of the Play Pokemon articles as well. The official yes, on, on, uh, official Pokemon articles, I guess. I don't, I don't know if they play Pokemon, but Pokemon.com articles. Um, yeah. So yeah, I remember. Yeah, she has. She has on her list. She had. She's going to go to the Toronto regionals, the Orlando regionals, the Knoxville, Charlotte, UK, Hartford, Milwaukee, NAIC. And yeah, so that's that's eight. She was planning on going to eight additional regionals or internationals for this remaining competitive circuit for this year, for the competitive year. Wow. And so that's eight trips she doesn't have to go on to go to. She still can. <laughs> she still can, but... Um, yeah, I, I believe Hartford Connecticut is pretty close to her, so maybe she'll stop by and stuff. Um, yeah. I, to my knowledge, you can still compete even if you won your invitation. You just can't, uh, you just can't, you know, take a spot from someone else. Yeah, exactly. You already have your world's invite, so that gets passed down to third mm-hmm. place. Exactly. As far as I understand, because I know who was it? It was uh, Frika did that for one mm-hmm. regionals. That's what I heard. But anyway, congrats to Enhoff and congrats to Hotpike as well. Hotpike went to Game 5 in a winner's finals, Game 5 in a loser's finals, and Game 5 in two grand finals. That's 20 <laughs> games back-to-back. This man was on stream, like, literally the entire day. But yep. uh, it was it was quite an important performance, too, and uh, very happy for him as well because he's been a top-tier competitor for the past couple of years. Um, in- yeah, it just feels on. like whenever you're in a show six format, right? Even back in our self uh, competitive self days, whenever you're in show six and you're paired up against hot pocket or you see hot pocket in a tournament, it's like, all right, this kid has just as much of a chance to win as anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can never count him out. And he did something really interesting that, you know, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll touch on like in future casts as well. Uh, he was one of the best trainers at manipulating the switch timer in this tournament that I think we've ever seen. And that was a result of his team not having a whole lot of closers. You know, we call a closer something like uh, a shadow swamper, you know, something that can just dominate uh, when it once it gets shield advantage and can just hydro cannon after hydro cannon. He didn't have that on his team. He also didn't have a grass type either. So if he came up against an Azumarill or a Swampert or a Toxapex, he had to find creative ways to, to kind of get around it. And a lot of the time he'd throw a charge move and then switch. And what that led to was like a 15 second switch timer displacement on, on almost every swap that he had and it was the most obvious in the grand finals against Anhoff because Anhoff would lose lead, go immediately to Tapu Fini, and then Hot Pocket would like it almost felt like he was waiting around to respond to switch out, but it's because he had to chip and then switch into something else. And it was just one of the most bizarre play styles that I've seen so far. Yeah, it was interesting because both both players I don't think had grass types, which turned out yeah. to make both very 
waters on both sides really safe. You had the Zuma on Hot Pocket side, and you had the Tapafini on um, Anhof side too, which yeah uh, yeah both water fairies never look stronger than ever until until that that tournament so it was it was good but um yeah i think it was it was really fun to watch and uh it was it was a really great show i think overall so big shout out to you all for casting as well to the players for putting on a good show and all the production crew for and judges and everyone behind the scenes for making a good one and yeah it was insane yeah I, I feel like we have these two-week breaks, right? Because we have a break this upcoming weekend, and then now we have uh, Salt Lake City here. Um, yeah, coming up that, October be, 15. Yes, yeah. yeah. So two weeks from now. So that would be uh, almost a little less than two weeks now. So that would be exciting. And again, that one doesn't have a ton of competitors yet. It's got 33 registered competitors as far as I'm less aware of, but we had had something similar for Peoria. So... You know, if you're in the area or looking to compete, definitely recommend it. You might have easier competition because there's less people there. Well, I wouldn't say easier competition, but less competition, less people yeah. in general. The competition still might be very stacked depending on who goes or how people play, but um, could be a good chance to earn a ticket or you can sign up and make it more competitive. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It is pretty close to me, so I shall think about it. It's not that close, <laughs> but it's it's, yeah. it's at least on the West Coast. <laughs> Yeah, you can you can maybe get out there. And actually, uh, two of Butters was like, "Man, finally a regionals on the West Coast." You know, if, if it's not uh, Vancouver, right in Canada, then we just haven't had anything uh, yeah. between this first season and now. So uh, again, if you're on the West Coast, like Caleb said, and you want to make a little drive, I, I really look at these smaller tournaments as a great way to get used to the format, to get introduced to it, uh, to meet some friends that you might not have met before, and to also, like you said, Caleb, to be honest, there's a little less competition. If you think back to NAI see everyone was like really wanting to go into columbus because you had the biggest chance biggest opportunity to go and win but milwaukee just before that had the lowest attendance of the season because Mm -hmm. people were so focused on the international but then again low attendance less competitors i don't know you know maybe you can see what happens exactly exactly uh speaking of west coast regionals i know san diego is going to be in january and there's mm-hmm. a lot of people already planning on going to San Diego. Everyone I talk to here wants to go. Some people already booking hotels and stuff before the tickets wow. are even live. So, yeah. So that one's probably going to be, if I were to guess, kind of like Baltimore, it's probably going to be sold out. And that's going to be a stacked one. So, again, San Diego, it's a fun place to go to. A lot of people will be there. But competition is going to be pretty, pretty stark, to say the least. Oh, yeah. Hopefully no Starks to be seen. He's already won his. <laughs> Speaking of Stark, he is actually on the West Coast right now. He's actually, I believe he's in LA right now. Um, he, he did a road trip, actually, shortly after, impromptu road trip, shortly after our last podcast. He's like, I'm just going to take a road trip across the country. <laughs> and Dude, he's celebrating. He did, he did it, yeah. Yeah, this is his countrywide tour, you know, for winning Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, it was a great weekend uh, watching the tournaments. There was, a, a like I said before, another uh cool event over the weekend it was king and cindy's wedding the two of them uh big uh community members of the pp community and pokemon go as well both making to worlds and winning their respective regionals last year as well so definitely a power couple to say the least and they met through playing gbl so it's Mm -hmm. uh so it's quite the love story as well especially for the pokemon go fans out there and it was a very Pokemon Center wedding. I will say not everyone there played Pokemon Go, but they did like, oh, like, you know, this friend group, like King's college friend group, come up and take a photo, right, with the bride and crew. And like, like Cindy's 
uh, friend group from you know her hometown come take a photo and stuff like that. And then there was a lot, and the last one was if you play Pokemon Go, come up and take a <laughs> photo. And literally, like not only was the photo packed because if you're in the photo, you're looking at everyone else in the background, right? Like in, in the rest of the 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 venue, the yeah. venue. And it was like just empty. <laughs> it was like almost empty. It was oh, like a couple no. people, but like almost everyone that was at the venue was on stage. Uh, obviously, a lot of their fam- some of their family members did not play it, but it was and maybe some of their college friends or childhood friends didn't. But it was, it was very, it was very Pokemon focused. They had, uh, you know, Pokemon themed cake. They had a regular cake as well for the non Pokemon people, I guess. Um, mm. And they had Pokemon plushies on the their dining tables, and the the tables were labeled by the different cities i think i was cerulean um, oh wow and yeah and we had pokemon keychains for each player each person and i had a bastion one which was perfect what yeah. dude he knows you so well exactly exactly i was like this is it um so i saw the keychain too it's a nice little memorabilia from the event and they're you know they're it's called a guest book where you like write a little message and stuff for them yeah it was a guest book of pokemon cards so you write a note and then you also sign a Pokemon card and attach it to the note and put it oh. into like this binder. So it was just super on point with Pokemon stuff. I, I'm sure there's other, they were playing some Pokemon music as well. And everyone, so many people involved in the wedding were Pokemon Go related. The the person um, we got administering the wedding and stuff uh, was Joshin, the nerd Twitch, who yeah, obviously yeah. helped with a lot of charity streams and King streams. Um, in the past and present as well, and knows both King and Cindy really well. And um, the DJ for the wedding was DJ Enterprise. DJ Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, his first wedding uh, event DJ. Wow. But he did a great job, yeah. Well, you know, he um, stays in the club, you know. he's <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I mean, DJ's his name. He's, he's, he's born for this. He's more of a Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night kind of guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we had Nightwing114, who I believe streamed the wedding. But I don't. Yes. I, I didn't check it out myself because I was there. But I didn't check the VOD, but I'm sure it was there. So if you want to check out some of the wedding, uh, that was that as well. That was there as well. And yeah, I mean, overall, it was it was great. And we saw a lot of people. I, I met a lot of people, especially in Canada, that I haven't met through um, a lot of these Pokemon Go events. Like Quan was mm-hmm. there, J. Cho, um, Simply Moxie, who retired. Oh, from cool. One of the OGs. One of the OGs. Yeah. Heavy grinder. Really OG PP grinder as well. Really, really good. One of the best battles I ever faced. He retired a little over a year or two ago. Um, but it was great to see him as well. And yeah it was just it was it was great um and canadians are just super friendly too so yeah <laughs> it was, it was exactly well, well dude i was getting a lot of a lot of the same questions they were asking me about you you want to know what they asked they're what do you mean they're asking about me at peoria I, yeah just people you know, oh just okay people yeah yeah what they ask yeah they were asking if caleb was getting down on the dance floor oh that's <laughs> what <laughs> so they wanted to know uh, a little bit here or there but okay uh, nothing nothing too crazy i think the people that are that were really breaking down dance floor were Pranav and Kaiser were those two. I, I saw Kevin Dijon Solidar also getting did, it too. Dijon did a little bit. Kevin Solidar has definitely put on a show as well, you know. Okay. Um, nice. But uh, Pranav was, I don't think Pranav left the dance floor. Oh, I think really? Kaiser even left to like get a drink break here or there. But Pranav, I think, was just on the dance floor the whole entire, you could kind of, kind of tell from his, from the sweat as well too on his shirt, yeah. but he was on the dance floor. Um, HM London was chilling on it for most of the time. You know, he wasn't going as hard, but he was just having a good time, and that's uh, I respect that. 
Yeah. Um, so so Pranab was very much on like a footloose kick. That's how he like releases his anxiety. He just dances, right? I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he yeah, he he looked like he was he was ready for that part. Um but yeah, no, it was it was great and it was so cool to see so many different community members. And afterward, on the second day, uh, uh the day after wedding, I got there uh two days ahead of time. So we actually went to Niagara Falls with everyone, which was cool. I, I filmed the vlog, so if you want to check it out, it's kinda it's cool. Kinda cool. We go into the entire Niagara, like actual into the waterfall, so it was kind of crazy, but at first, I was like, there's no need for a poncho. Like, what do we really need this for? And trust me, you get wet. My camera stopped working at a certain point because it got so Oh, wet. no. Yeah, it's yeah. fine now, though. I, I had to air it out during lunch. But um, okay. but yeah, afterward, we we did a Great League tournament. We waited till after the Pure Regionals was done. We we're supposed to start at noon, but we ended up just watching all of the Pure Regionals and starting the tournament like two hours, two and a half hours later because uh, everyone's just watching it and it was just an open great league tournament it wasn't streamed or anything we we're just doing a bracket i think they had some prize for the winners and i decided to pick a team with toxapex on it and like i said so i used it in rounds one and two i didn't use it in rounds three or four um i, I won the first two rounds i got eliminated that last year was double elimination um, i lost to rod and pina which was the eventual winner of the tournament and mm. uh it was really close games uh, i would have won that match if he didn't catch um a foul play on my save boy with like a one HP G fist. So that's oh, really man. unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. That's but you end up winning the whole thing. So I got no, no qualms about that one. And then the second one was actually against my patron, Dave Dang. And he's a really great battler too. And um, I got, I got bamboozled. He ran ABA double seal <laughs> and I had a oh, knocked no. out in the back into his Reggie seal. I was like, what? I was like, I was like, what if I let Medicham? You were just lost. But yeah, he, he, he made a good read there on me. He's um, a is he a pretty solid master league player? Is that where I know him from? Or is he, he does he host like great league tournaments? No, well he he hasn't really done a lot of show six in the past, but he does do pretty solid in master league as well. Um, okay, yeah, he was actually pretty close to legend. I saw him. He beat uh oh no, he almost beat Dialab. He beat Dialab turn earlier, and then he faced him again. He had like some weird like lag or something that like ended up losing. But mm. he was um he was doing some crazy stuff. I think like he was like calling like. The players he was playing against in the 2900s, I was watching over his shoulder, and it, it was some sweaty games. I think it was a Dragonite versus his Gyarados, and he had a, like a, uh, what do you call it? An extra drill with a rock side loaded. And shields were down, so so the, the Dragonite had to make a call, right? The opposing Dragonite had to make a call on if they, if they take out the Gyarados with a dragon, dragon call or not. And he literally, like, Dave Dang literally paused when the Dragonite like was a little over the move expecting the dragonite to throw a superpower at an extra drill in the back because the dragonite user was expecting the extra to come in and throw the rock slide so the no. dragonite was trying to time a swap in snipe and win cmp by throwing the superpower against the extra drill it was it was one of the craziest things i witnessed because literally he stays in even though he's supposed to swap there mm-hmm. and before the Dragon Knight even, you see the move being thrown, he's like, oh, he's going to superpower my Gyarados. I was like, what? Like, how do you know? Like, like I was like, because you haven't even swapped out, right? It's not like he caught the superpower. And I kid you not, one second later, <laughs> the Dragon Knight throws a superpower at his Gyarados. Because that's like the high level of play that's going on at that ELO range. <laughs> Bro. It, it was so odd. And obviously top left, because there's no there's no play after they drop the superpower and they don't land on the extra. But it was, yeah, it was some, it was some sweaty battles. Anyway, I lost to him in the losers finals. Or the losers bracket, and so I got knocked out. But I brought Toxapex a total of four times in the tournament. Twice in the first round, and twice in 
uh, the second round. Uh, 2-0 mm. in the second round, and I went 2-1 in the first round. In the first round, the, the one I lost, I didn't have Toxic Specs. First game, I had a Toxic Specs locked into Ofsku in the end, and that just I just swept it in the back end. Uh, Ofsku didn't even do too bad against it, but because it's bulky, but you just do so much damage with um, Sludge Wave and Brine. Uh, with of all course, the poison jab yeah. damage. It's super bulky. Second game, uh, the third game, right? Pivotal game three. I go Toxic Specs into a G-Fisk. I safe swap my Shadow Wall Rain. They come in alone in Ninetales. Take farm me all the way down, shield the earthquake. So they're down to shield, but they had come out with max energy pretty much. Mm. And they throw psy shocks at my tox specs. I just had to hard commit to poison jabbing down. I'm I'm like barely in the yellow, right? I'm like just getting into yellow after all this, after all the psy shocks and the charm damage. Um, but farming like a lot of energy. They come in, Galarian Stunfisk. I go Medicham. They have a knockout in the back, but two to one mm. shield advantage against Noctow. I could beat that, right? Yeah. So I take it out. I have low health on the Medicham at this point, but I'm able to get, I think, like one or two Ice Punches off. And, uh, you know, all shields are down. They throw a Rock Side. I have like one HP or two HP on my Medicham, but I had to swap out because I don't want to get farmed down for the Mud Shot. And then I bring in the Tox Specs, and I just take out the G-Fist with the Brine. <laughs> and oh my and they, they didn't have time to get to an Earthquake, so they throw a Rock Side. And I was like in the red already, and the Rock Side did like nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's oh neutral, but it's just, it's just, it's just so bulky. So, in that specific situation, Toxpex actually looked pretty good. And in the other ones, uh, game two, I had them swap in a Tapu Fini into my Toxpex, and mm. uh, unfortunately, that was just not a good time for a Tapu Fini. Yeah, so that's brutal. It looked real good against the Tapu Fini. Let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it definitely has some play. But you know, against my later opponents. Um, Ron Pina and Dave Dang. It was just so tough. They, I think they both had Swamper and Galarian Sunfisk. And I think one of them yeah. even had Sableye. At least one of them, maybe both of them. So it was just it was just so risky bringing it. Like, I had, like, okay neutral matchups against the Trevenants and Altaria. But, like, there wasn't really any strong reason to bring it. But I think if more Tapu Fini said, is there pop up? Then maybe that could be a play. Because neither Hopakin nor Enhoff had anything to check the Zumo or Tabu Fini, which was really interesting because I thought there there weren't a lot of Nidal Queens. In... No, there. Why? Yeah, why there was were that? No, there so were none weird. in the top eight at all. Not, That's a, so not a single Nidal Queen. And yeah. here, here's the weird part: I didn't see any Nidal Queens in my great. I mean, obviously, I only faced four opponents, but I didn't see any Nidal Queens there either. What happened? Yeah. What, yeah, what happened? To I don't Nidal know. Queen? Like it's it, it's spooky, man. Like if you look at uh, Wall Rain, Registeel, and Needle Queen, like they're just falling off. And Sableye is another yeah. one that's basically non-existent. And I don't understand why Altar- it's just not appearing. Altari is not that strong against Needle Queen too, which is a weird part. I don't no, know. you win it. The longer the matchup goes on, the better chance Needle Queen has to win that. Maybe so there's like... a lot of Swampers. I mean, that's why I brought a Wall Rain because I figure like people were weaker to it. But I definitely felt the nerf on the Wall Rain. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I know- it just felt uncomfortable compared to how it used to feel. I noticed a lot more Diggersby at this tournament. There were actually mm. two or three Diggersby that made it pretty far. That's that's even more interesting to me because, like, how does the Diggersby make it far if there's not a lot of Nidal Queens on top of that, right? Like, right? like you would think like the Diggersby is good for the Nidal Queens, but like, and also like what's your target? Me, so it's, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. So the Diggersby seem to make make a lot of its uh, usage out of Fire Punch because there's there's more Skarmory now. There's more Trevenant. Uh, you can like burn up a lot of these steel and grass types pretty easily with Diggersby, and I think that's where it really kind of made an impact. Yeah, Galarian Stumpfist too, right? That's pretty, true. That's pretty much on like a lot of, if not everyone's team. So mm-hmm. that's definitely a guaranteed matchup there for sure. 
Um, and there's usually a ghost, right? So a ghost and a glint of you have two positive matchups right then and there. But exactly. Um, and and lick tongue, right? I mean, I think it's overall it should be. I don't know. That's a weird matchup. I, I think it yeah. should beat the lick tongue because you're doing neutral mud shots, whereas they're doing double resisted licks licks on you. But the super effective mm. power waves definitely do add up as well. Yeah, you got to consistently land earthquakes if you're the diggers, and you have to you know, at least land two power whips if you're licking. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like you said, it's a bit awkward. It's not a clear cut win, but it's playable. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but anyway, it was a great wedding. Fantastic people. Uh, really glad that we got to still tune into Peoria as well too. I mean, it was like the perfect kind of wedding. Last time I was at a wedding during one of these events, like I was the only one that literally played Pokemon Go, so I was like, you know, watching it like like by myself like when outside the wedding or after wedding yeah but, or like under the table <laughs> i i not really under the table but i did watch a little bit of it at the ceremony i was at, at, the, at oh. the church on the side <laughs> i just dun, had no volume dun, right dun, dun, uh, i don't know it was, it was just, they were just saying their vows and i was like yeah it's like they're filming this too right like what am i really uh, missing out for i'm here to show support <laughs> instead of being at indianapolis right what do you want me to do anyway yeah exactly. uh, they're not going to listen to this podcast i assume so so it's, it's so we're in the clear. I, yeah, I'm in the clear. And nobody would ever tell them either. So they don't even good. know who to tell. They're not in the Pokemon Go community, you know. You That's know, true. If y'all know my friends in Chicago, well, then I'd be shocked. <laughs> but <laughs> um, anyway, Great. but it was cool to just be with those people too. And I will say, uh, shout out to Christy as well, um, who I met mm. at uh, the wedding. Um, she had a bunch of Tropius, and she gave me a Hundo Tropius from random trades as well as a rank 47 greatly tropius whoa so, oh yeah on. yeah so really really nice of her and the 1500 or the 40 ranks 47 tropius powers up to 1500 cp on the dots oh dude that's a that's, gem. that's beautiful a gem right, right? <laughs> yeah wow so, okay anyway so i'm pretty happy about that one um, but yeah, always good to do some trades. Uh, did a bunch of Cobalion raids and half of them, or Cobalion trades, and almost all of them turned out to be lucky, which was really unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like one friendship, but it'd be like mm. that sometimes. It anyway. Do, it, do, it do be like that sometimes. It do be like that. So, you know, one of the, the first ever Pokemon Go themed wedding where people met through Pokemon Go, but... Probably not the last one, you know, and I'm sure in many years to come, I'm sure this, this will be more, more of the norm, I think, in our community, but we shall see. We shall see. But um, yeah. GBL, season 12, how's it going for you? Dude, loving it. Loving every second of it. How, what's, how's, <laughs> how's, how's the top 10 was... climb? How's the top 10 climb? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, now now that, you know, now that we're getting serious. No, um. <laughs> No, no, it's it's been good. I, I played some Master League. Um, I've got some like weird Master League picks. I've got like a, a Palkia level fifty. I've got a Sashian. I've got an Excadrill, Metagross, and then uh, I think those are my only two legendaries. I, I have a Kyogre. I have that weird Kyogre that uh, B Butterworth traded to me. I don't I don't mean weird and bad. I just mean weird in that he was level fifty. I was only level forty seven. So the IVs got kind of messed up when he traded it to me. But uh, overall, dude, I just playing some Master, having some fun. Gonna make a gonna make an expert push uh, pretty soon here. Okay, all right. I will say on the first day when I got there on Thursday night, uh, me and Asian Mana, we just we just got some wings and stuff because we got really late. It was like one of the few places to open. We're doing some GBL um, at the restaurant, and I climbed quite a bit. I went like five and zero, nice. oh, four and one, three and two, 
and oh. in massively premier classic i kind of was like the 2800s right i was like feeling myself i'm like man i'm about to hit legend this weekend right at this wedding <laughs> and then uh, tragedy hit i the next day uh it was like the wedding day uh, essentially and um in the morning like we said we we're watching and the wife was really bad we just lost a bunch some misplays as well and i think some sometimes i just had bad team composition or misplays on my so so I just dropped into the 2600 or so, and then it's, mm-hmm. it's not been good since. I tried my hand at Open Master League last night with a patron stream, and that was rough because oh, the only yeah. thing I have made is Melmetal, a Dialga, and a Tokus. So you can see Ooh, how Extra yeah. looks pretty good into my team, <laughs> along oh, with a thousand other things. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, my Dialga's only single move, too, because I don't have enough dust to double move it. I have all the candies to power up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the Tokis uh, was underpowered a little bit, but I finally finished powering up. But it was it was tough, tough to play. Not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Over League, I, there's a lot of things I want to play, and I just don't have the resources to play it. Yeah, and just imagine, like we've been playing the game for so many years. Just imagine being a new player and trying to get into Open Master. It's just like uh, it's just overwhelming. Uh, I've been playing a non-legendary team. I think King made a video on it, and I actually got the rec- recommendation for the team before uh, King made the video. We talked about this like really briefly at the beginning, but I'm playing that Dragonite Double Steel team because my Excadrill is level 50, and that's probably what I'm going to play for the foreseeable future until I figure out what to do with my Zacian, Palkia, and Excadrill. Yeah, yeah. I, I had another team idea I had in mind because, uh, again, we're both kind of on limited resources right so we can only do so much but melmetal lead wasn't terrible for me um mm-hmm. for the most part there weren't i didn't really see any groudons in the lead but overall i did see um some things are weak to or some things are just kind of neutral you know something's like not great but like not terrible like a guillotine altered and stuff or like a mewtwo but i was thinking mm-hmm. what if i go aba steel melmetal in the lead with a Metagross and Tokus. And I just stay in. I just stay in against everything except for except for maybe like um except for maybe Groudon. I think Groudon probably just swap to Metagross. Yeah, then you have to do yeah, something. Yeah, but outside of that I think I'm pretty much okay. Or maybe a fighter. I don't, I've never seen a single fighter actually in Master League uh, so Not far. But yeah, but yeah. but maybe I go fighter there. But otherwise uh, I'm I'm kinda weak to Ho, not gonna lie, but uh, especially in the back, I just lose. But I think it could be good because there's so many fairies. There's Zacians everywhere. And mm-hmm. pretty much just Zacians everywhere. But still, like, Zacians everywhere, too. So I think yeah, I think that could be... It's a really wonky budget team, but I think that should be pretty good. But Yeah, I think we'll uh, Dialga and Zacian are, are the two most common, and that team does really well. Mm-hmm. I think Pokemon like Giratina would obviously be a really tough lead. But then again... Mm-hmm. Master League is a very condensed meta and it's very hard to play for everything. And I, I kind of like chuckled internally when you said you were playing UL, uh, MLPC and you had some like bad team comps. And I was like, yeah, I mean, sometimes when, when Florgus comes out and you have a Dragonite and, you know, then they have a Metagross <laughs> for your Togekiss, it feels like bad team comps. Yeah, I was running a Waterfall Gyarados with Mamoswine and Dragonite with Superpower in the back. Dragonite with Superpower is amazing for all those extra drills. But because yes. of that, I think extra drill is less common now, and there's more Metagross, which is much worse for my Mamoswine safe swap because you can just mm. hard farm down there, which is just unfortunate. Yeah. And um, you know, before when it was extra drill, they they had a much harder time because Mamo actually beats extra drill. Um, and 
Yeah, so that that was kind of a struggle sometimes because a lot of times the counter swap Metagross, I typically lose those matchups. But um, the floor gaze looks really good too. I wish I had one. I got a ninety eight percent one with fifteen, mm-hmm. fifteen, fourteen uh, from a lucky trade when I was in Toronto, but I don't have the dust to make it, so I I couldn't really test it out. But it does look pretty fun to use. Yeah, I was, I think that Pokemon is just pretty pretty powerful. And if you chip down a Metagross a bit, you can land the double Moonblast and KO it. Uh, I I learned that uh, from my friend Ace Leader Sky. He was telling me that it's actually like a pretty pretty powerful pick, and it's rank one on PV Poke for a reason. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting pure fairy. And um, yeah, I don't have a Hundo either, actually. Yeah, I wish I played played more heavily for that there I was wish i played pokemon go more <laughs> yeah yeah that's a, yeah. imagine that us struggling because we're not grinding the game <laughs> i wonder yeah, right? i wonder how that is yeah but um anyway so that's that's how it is for us now i mean we have still another week of open master league but we do have the evolution cup coming up soon so be on the lookout for that honestly by the time you hear this it might be live um uh, we don't have to talk too much about Unite here, I feel like. There's just a lot of burnout from the game, and I don't really want to get in that negative NG, I think, because we got more negative NG to talk about for the What's the Tea segment. But I think, yeah. uh, not burnout from me specifically. I mean, I don't play the game as much, but just because I've been busy with stuff. But uh, I know a lot of the top Unite players, like including one of the world's winners, the uh, the the top jungler in that one Worlds, uh, he was actually talking about retiring from the game too. Uh, which wow, is, dude. Yeah. I okay. I know. I know. We don't want to spend a lot of time on this. We've we've already been going for an hour forty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, we I, I just sorry. Segment here too. No, it's fine. Go yeah. Ahead. I no. It's been a great conversation, and yeah, the one we have coming sure. is like really important. Yes. Uh, but uh, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm a little bit jaded from some of the problems with Go. I just feel like no matter how bad people say the other games are, I don't know if it'll ever top some of the things that we've been through with Go. Wait. Say it again. So, uh, sorry. It? There's like. So I was no, just going to say, like, with, with people that play games like Pokemon Unite and they feel burnout because of meta imbalances or, or whatever's going on with the game, I really feel like I'm jaded from Pokemon Go and some of the things that we've gone through. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like no matter what you were feeling, I promise Pokemon Go has, like, done something that's made me mauled even more. I just, I don't know. I don't know that it, it would have the same impact on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's also just one of those things where, like, you know, it's for those that play the game a lot, you'll you'll feel more jaded, right? Obviously, over time, and obviously for people that won, you know, worlds for Unite, this person has put in many many hours in the past year of playing the game, and they might just be at a kind of like a tipping point here. Um, it's not even so much the meta, but I know a lot of the pro players have like been playing a lot less these days. Um, there's there's been a couple of different issues on reasons on why that is too, but um, like one of the best players in the game, I think he he also completely stopped playing Unite like indefinitely. Wow. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Well, maybe maybe you can talk about it another time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It might it might blow over if they have some more updates. I think people are itching for more draft formats. I think the game itself because it, it's Unite's a little different because it's a MOBA, which is a type of game, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of other very successful mobiles out there league of legends and dota 2 being the predominantly two best mobile games out there still in existence both going 10 plus 15 plus years strong at this point yep. and that is hard to compete against if you create a new moba uh, pokemon go on the other hand is a game uh it's a one-of-a-kind game i mean obviously yes. you have like pikmin go and like i don't know we're about how they like marvel go and stuff and whatever but 
from a competitive standpoint and just from from a platform standpoint, it is the biggest, most successful, and most unique game of its kind, which is why it's even if you're a little jaded, there's not really another game you could play if you want to play something like it, right? So mm. it's it's a little different in that regard. So I can see why some people might go to other games or other MOBAs because of that. But that being said, we will see how that pans out. I personally don't feel super jaded, but I do see a lot of all the people having less interest in the game, which makes it hard to play because if you have less of your friends playing, then like, you know, who's really playing the game, yeah. right? But, mm-hmm. Especially in a team-based game, like you said. Mobiles. Yeah, especially in a team-based game. Yeah, that's that's totally right. Um, but anyway, we'll see how that goes. Uh, what's the tea this week? We have two things. Let's just talk about the second thing because we are going kind of long, and the second thing is more pressing. And this first thing, my guess is Agreed. still will be around in the near future. We won't talk about it now, but stuff to do with pricing. But um, the second thing, do you want to break down the general synopsis of what's going on, or you want me to take? Uh, yeah, like I can give a a quick intro to it, yeah. uh, and then we can kind of pick it up and and go and um. <sighs> Again, whenever we discuss these topics, I do feel like uh, we are coming from a certain perspective. Like we do have our two voices. We are both, you know, men uh, that are, you know, I guess young men, you could say in our our 30s. And it feels like we're never really going to know exactly how this feels for someone to really go through it. So um, we can only offer what we've perceived and what people that we know have experienced, but uh, we're not trying to you know, again, like we can't put ourselves in, in somebody else's shoes in this situation, but we're going to do the best that we can. Mm-hmm. So in terms of online activity and in particular streaming, uh, women in particular have always had a very tough time with people that are, you know, making comments about their looks or talking about how attractive they are making, you know, sexist or even sexual comments in the chat. And it can definitely be it can be very distracting and very disruptive, right? When you're just trying to play a game or you're just trying to talk with your friends and then someone talks about your body or what they want to do to you. It's very, very uh, disruptive and, and um, upsetting. And I feel like with Go in particular, it's very tough because a lot of streamers can sit at home and they can play their game and you'll, you'll never have any idea. Like you can see their room. Maybe you can see, you know, a couple things behind them, but you don't know where these people live. Maybe, you know, the city, if they're public about it or whatever, but that's about it. But with Pokemon go, because it is so location based, you can see Pokestops, you can see gyms, you can see roads and streets and people know down to within a few square feet where this person physically is located. And we've actually seen this happen with other female streamers before where they feel uncomfortable when people start to make comments or they start to, you know, talk about the location of the streamer. And it just, it just, I don't know why it continues to be a problem because I feel like people should understand that this is not something you should do. You're not something you should go about uh, in this, in this way. And it makes people uncomfortable and it makes you look like a creep. And honestly, the people that make these kind of comments are creeps and uh, they shouldn't have a, you know, a place or a safe place to, to act this way because it's just not acceptable. Um, I know I kind of like got off the rails there a little bit in the end, but Caleb, are you getting like the same feeling? I mean, do we want to name names or do we want to just talk generally? Yeah. I mean, I think we can name some brief names because they've come out in public to speak out on it. So I don't think it's like much of a secret. And honestly, more people have probably seen these tweets than they're going to listen to this podcast. So there's yeah. this, I think most people listening to podcasts probably already have heard such things. Um, I will say first and foremost, I, I, I like your preface there because like most blunt way to put it like 
both me and Speedy are men and we have a lot of male privilege in this space. And because of that, our experiences are very different from uh, our fellow uh, female and women streamers out there um, who don't have this male privilege because it's, dude, the, the experiences, the lived experiences are so different, right? I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to say across every situation, but across the board, for the most part, it is very, very different on our experiences as streamers and content creators and being like public figures versus women doing the same thing. And it's very yeah. unfortunate that's the case, but it's unfortunately the reality. And it's, like, I mean, you just, I'll put it this way. Like the most easy way to say this is if you talk to any, I, I talked to a lot of my friends that are women that also play Pokemon Go and they have social media, they have Twitter and stuff like that, right? Their following might be even smaller than mine, right? They might have less followers. They might not make YouTube videos or they might not even stream. But their DMs on Twitter are filled with typically men, you know, asking them all these weird questions or whatever, mm -hmm. or sending them pictures of things they don't want to see pictures of. And they'll ask me to do like, have you ever gotten this from women or, or even other men or anyone, right? And I'll tell you flat out, no, this is, this nope. is not, it's not my reality, right? And it's not a reality for most men that are uh, content creators, but unfortunately it is for women. The, I'll put it this way. The most wild thing I've ever gotten from someone that's like not a bot, right? Or not a spam, per, like a, like a real, likely a real account. The most thing that might borderline harassment or sexual harassment or whatever is someone just messaged. They said, hi, handsome. And that was it. Like, I mean, that, that could imply many things. So I don't want to like go all the way and say like, oh, like it's sexual harassment or whatever. But it's a little uncomfortable because... I don't know you, right? Like it just—it seems like kind of a weird thing to message out of nowhere. But yeah, at the same time, like that's it. That's all I got, right? Um, if if I I've seen some some of my female friends like DMs and stuff, and it's very very different on <laughs> what they get. Yeah. And like I said, there, this is not like a flex or anything, but they have a smaller following than me, which means that if they had a bigger following or the same following as me, they'd have even more in all likelihood messages, right? And it's very disappointing to see, but unfortunately that is something that uh, a lot of the women in our community have to go through, uh, which is really unfortunate. And sometimes they have to, you know, be more safe about their location, stuff like that, especially in a game where there's multiple points of interest. This is not like we're playing Fortnite where you could be anywhere in the world. Like you could actually see, like you could kind of pinpoint sometimes people's actual location based off a Pokestops they spin or gyms they spin. Or another thing is, let's say if one of our friends um, and they're a defensive woman, they send us a gift and it's almost like stalking them, and they see one of us open their gift on stream, then they all yep. of a sudden know where this person's located, even if they're not streaming themselves, right? So like, there's a lot of like you know, and and I pretty much never really open gifts on stream, so it's but but at the same time like that's something i never really even thought about and something i'll be even more cautious about in the future uh, but again mm -hmm. like this is this is something i don't think about and i don't i don't know if you think about it speed or not but i never think about oh i i'm very aware right like when i open my world map if i'm streaming and people see it i'm very aware that they could probably figure out exactly where i live based on the points of interest i see the pokestops i spin the gifts i send right because most of the gifts i send is from the same pokestop my home stop and I mean, they know I live in LA, right? So it's like it's very easy to pinpoint. But at the same time, I don't feel threatened in the same way that a lot of these women will feel because the threat is not there, right? It's it's yeah, you could probably pinpoint my location. 
pretty easily. But if people aren't trying to pinpoint it, I don't feel threatened, right? And if someone tried to pinpoint it too, I still wouldn't feel the same level of threat, right? Because honestly, it's well, well, it's here's just, it's just harder to, <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. Like, like if if someone were to come for us, right? Mm-hmm. Like in the middle of the night or at our home, probably the worst thing that could happen is that we get robbed. Maybe we, you know, get beaten if we we're taken by surprise, that kind of thing. But for a woman, it's so much worse. It's like unimaginable. The, the loss of dignity and respect and the pain that somebody could inflict on someone if they were, if they really had terrible intentions, it could be really, really bad. So, you know, and, and again, like you said, opening other people's gifts on stream, the, the amount of information that could be shared just, you know, basically like, let's say, uh, you know, a kind of creepy person gets a location from a female streamers uh, stream. Right. And then they like have other creepy friends they talk to. And like one guy is kind of like, you know, a much more hardcore creep than that, you know, he might decide to take action. So you never know exactly what could happen. And it's just, it's really disappointing to me that it's still such a problem. I mean, I'm not trying to, again, I'm not trying to speak like all high and mighty, but we were all raised, uh, you know, hopefully to have manners, like hopefully most people had good parents and they should just know that this is not how you talk to other people. Yeah. It's unfortunate because I, 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 it's hard to say like how, how often, how common this is uh it may not be the majority of people that do this right but you it only takes a few people like a few bad apples to really ruin someone's experience right or 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 put their life at danger um i will say too like you know like like you said like it, it could be worse for women if they track them down and stuff like that I, I mean i think a lot of the similar things can happen to men as well it's just less likely to happen based on mm-hmm. um the kind of society we live in and you know, it's all this gender-based violence stuff we go into that I will not go into for now. Yeah, yeah. For the sake so it's of time, it's a bit too dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but you know, long story short, it was um, uh, our friend and streamer Momita that was uh, essentially getting harassed on her stream um by a viewer and was able to kind of potentially pinpoint her location based off of her, you know, local gym or Pokestop and stuff. And she just Mm -hmm. told the person, like, just cut out. Like, I don't want you to do this anymore. Like, I'm blocking you. Like, please don't go into my stream again. That's it, right? And she even clarified, too, like, it wasn't, like, at this point in time, it wasn't, like, sexual harassment or anything, but it was just straight-up harassment, and the guy just would not leave her alone. And then now she made a post about it and one of his friends is like defending him and like going on dude <laughs> the most wild tangents the i've most, ever seen like the most it's embarrassing tangents I've yeah ever it's seen. embarrassing but it is at the same time it's so problematic too right like that they even think it's possible like i know they're they're in a minority here which is good and a lot of the community is backing around it but it's again it's just like this pestering fly that just won't go away you know and mm-hmm. it's just like and there's a whole there's a whole lot of like well, he's my friend, and I, I, you know, I think he's a good person, self. So I don't believe all these accusations. I was like, I don't like. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how well you think you know someone, or if they're good or friends to you. It doesn't mean they can't commit things that are, you know, you know, problematic, right? Outside of their yeah. interaction with you. I mean, we're not going it's, to get into all this, but if you've been yeah, keeping but- up with twitter or social media drama it's, this is not pogo or gaming related but there's mm-hmm. there's some big content creators out there that in recent news and celebrities have they have com- committed some adultery as you would say and some yeah, people might sure. not have expected and saw it coming they thought they were such a good person but again people are not perfect people make mistakes but also like just don't 
don't like go to end of ends of the world defending them just because you think just because they're your friend or just because they've done they haven't done like just because they've they haven't treated you poorly right i i i'll put it this way right i would never i i don't have any doubts in my mind that speedy's not a good person but if speedy goes and just commits murder does something really heinous Dude. i'm also not going to be like Yo, me and Speedy got a podcast together. Like, he's a good guy, though. You know, like, it's like maybe he had a good reason to murder this person or whatever, to do this crime. Like, no, like, like it's just one of those things where, like, you need to really reevaluate before you go defending. And again, I yeah. I, I don't think you would ever do this, Speedy. <laughs> so, Dude, no. But if you but, did, that would be a look, shock to me. <laughs> you look, know? you, you got you to gotta check your friends sometimes. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, you have to. If someone does something that's that's a little bit off, I mean, honestly, it's your job as a friend to, like, help help when people need it yeah and it's just like if you think about it it's the same person like at the restaurant who thinks that just because they leave like a big tip right they think they can like slap the waitress's butt or yeah, something yeah it's the same example it's a you don't it's, you're not entitled to such things just because exactly it doesn't and and momita actually wrote that in her tweet longer as well she's like it doesn't matter how much you donate to me or subscribe to me or whatever like it doesn't give you the right to harass me or treat me like blah 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 or object, objectify me and etc and i think that's 100% true. And I think some people get that really twist in their head. This is um, this is not Momita, right? And I, I'm not even sp- specifically referencing anyone in particular here. But there are platforms out there like OnlyFans where people may put out kind of exclusive 18 plus rated content. Mm-hmm. But even if you subscribe to them, you pay them all the stuff, it doesn't give you the right to harass them and stuff, right? Even if they put themselves out there in a vulnerable kind of position like that and whatever, it's still it's still a platform, right? It's still, it's not, yeah. it's they're in, whatever you think their intent is, it's probably not what you think it is, right? It doesn't give you the right to whatever. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how, so, how someone's dressed or how someone's look, like they don't deserve to be treated with disrespect or harass, right? Like it's just, exactly. that's the bottom line. I think some people and- get that confused. They're like, oh, well, maybe they're asking for it. Like, I think this one person was like, oh, maybe he probably just had the hots or something. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not that's not a justification for anything. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. I don't care what you think of the person, right? But it's, you, you're not, no one's welcome. Unless they welcome you to, like, pinpoint the location, they're not welcoming harassment. They're not welcoming stalking or anything like that. And Yeah, it's, and especially not when they're sitting there playing Pokemon Go with their friends. Exactly, exactly. Like, be real. But even if they're sitting there and it's a stream where they're just dancing in lingerie on a strip pole and stuff, right? Like it's still not, uh, it's still not inviting people to harass them, right? Like it doesn't even matter what the content is. And in this specific con- context, like Momita's just playing Pokemon Go and doing PvP again, doesn't matter. But like again, the the content doesn't even matter. It's just, it's just like a bottom mm-hmm. line, not something you do or is welcomed in this space. Agreed. And I think the vast majority of people listening to this are in agreement. Um, so, you know, thank mm-hmm. you for being a respectable human being and giving yeah, exactly. people respect. And, um, and, and we need those people, right. That have, that have respect that are, that are kind and understanding. We need those people to check their friends who might step yes. over the line from time to time. Yeah. Ch- like checking strangers is one thing, but you, you like, it, it might not go anywhere, right? Like we're talking, we're arguing with this random person online, but like based on the past 24 hours of conversation like i don't think they're actually really learning anything from this but it's really like the people that you you have sway with you have relationships with those are the people that if it comes up you need to keep in track right or speak out when you can especially if you have any influence and stuff because you know i would have said something anyway but i'm always very cautious i'm always very cognizant of the fact that whenever i post something on twitter more people are going to see it because i have 
like more people following than than average so more people can see my message so you guys i always have to be very careful on what i say right and not that like of course i'm thinking about problematic things but just be aware of like the audience and at the same time too like when things like this happen like i was going to say something anyway but also like understand that saying something and having solidarity also goes a long way because you get you bring more exposure to this situation and uh, hopefully uh, some change happens um because i know um uh kelsey that works for niantic um they're a community manager and stuff uh also posted on their personal twitter account that people have mentioned the potentially like uh way of hiding your location or hiding like the gifts and stuff location stuff like that and like a streamer mode yeah like a streamer mode kind of right and uh they said that they did pass it on to other people in niantic for that potential recommendation so that's really cool and hopefully some some silver lining and positive change that could come out of the situation uh because you know it's it's right not a great situation but um agreed you know i think you know a big shout out and thank you to you know momo uh momita who came forward with this it's not an easy thing to talk about and she definitely has to put herself out there to do it it's not an easy thing and you know definitely sorry that she has to go through such a thing but i think mm-hmm. it's also uh been a very inspiring thing for other people that have experienced harassment to see as well so that they also can come forward or also feel like they're in a space that they could talk about this stuff and potentially some change can happen too and also shout out to the community members who have been discussing it as well because again like there was i mean for the most part people are on the same page except for this guy and the the perpetrator as well and stuff like that and just um i think having more voices in support of people that are being harassed is always a good thing so mm-hmm. agreed um, but yeah it's an important one so we want to talk about it too i know this podcast is going long but i think we didn't want to skim it's over important this topic. yeah it's important yeah it's very important. And like we can we can only again to, to the opening point, we can only speak from, you know, what other people have told us. We haven't lived that experience. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, dating a girl currently who's in the Pokemon Go space, uh, these issues are definitely very real. And we've even had streamers quit once their uh location was revealed to the point where they felt uncomfortable, they felt unsafe, and then they just leave Pokemon Go. And that just doesn't help uh it doesn't help build our community, it doesn't help create a good a community that you know, it involves more people, uh, has more representation. It just really like withers away at the good things that we can offer. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, these things are unfortunately not solved overnight and stuff like that. Like there's going to be problematic people in the community, no matter what. Uh, I think in, in all honesty, I think we're kind of lucky in the sense that I think there's a little bit less of this as in Pokemon go, but there's still plenty of it to make it uncomfortable for women in our space. Um, but it's, you know, the only way we address this really head on and calling people out and hopefully like rooting them out of the community or helping them mm-hmm. learn from the experience. Um, yeah. And hopefully we just have a more safer and welcoming community in the future too. But, you know, it's it's like us make us talking about this on the podcast and Momita writing a twit longer stuff. Like it's not going to end it for the foreseeable future, unfortunately. But we just have to constantly be vigilant and aware and, you know, show solidarity when these things come up. And, you know, maybe something, like I said, good comes out of it. Maybe Niantic does do something like a stream mode or something that can hide your location on gifts. I think, you know, it's it's a it's cool to see, like, gifts from different regions and stuff. But at the same time, mm-hmm. yeah, it does give away a lot of info, right, which is not great. Yeah, agreed. But, yeah, 
a little heavy of a topic, but I think it was very necessary um, mm-hmm. to be said. So yeah. that's that. That's episode 67. Uh, we had a lot <laughs> to talk about. We had a lot to catch up on. But uh, thank you all for joining in until the end of it as well, too, if you listen to this point. Um, obviously, if we said anything that might have been out of line, feel free to let us know as well. Again, like, you know, we need any everyone or anyone to call out any problematic behavior, including any that we may exhibit as well, too. Um, yeah, I think we're always open to feedback and ideas, and uh, we definitely want to have a conversation, right? Not not a uh, a conversation that just feels like it's full of, uh, you know, crap posts like this this individual on Twitter, but an, an actual thoughtful, constructive conversation is always mm-hmm. good. So let us know. Uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah, for sure. Well, welcome back after your trip to Peoria. Oh, one last question I had, right? So I was sure. hearing I was hearing rumors of this when I was in Toronto because some people were from the area. Um, I think it was Dijon, actually. He, he grew up in Illinois. And he was saying that the nearest airport to Peoria was a two-hour drive. Is that correct? Uh, no. Okay, Maybe he meant like a... the nearest like international or large airport or something. Oh, so there was there was one closer, right? Because I was thinking, I was like, that sounds miserable if you take a two-hour Uber to like... No. Uh, yeah. So so I'll, I'll tell you quickly. So so in Peoria there is a small airport. It only has one hangar with eight gates and that is it. And that's oh the one that gosh. we flew yeah, that's the one that we flew out of coming back home. But myself personally, I actually flew into Bloomington because I couldn't find a flight that was from uh from my my local area down to Peoria directly. So I had to fly into Bloomington, which is a 30-minute ride. And I was trying for like for almost an hour to get an Uber. But all the Ubers were unavailable. Oh my right? gosh! For an so hour. for an hour, I was I was standing in the airport. Like my only other option was to try to rent a car. I was like, oh man, I don't know if I should if I should do that. I should probably like call somebody first and ask. But then again, uh, I was waiting around for my Uber, and I looked up, and suddenly Adam Dorcott appeared, the, uh, the VG and TCG caster, and he had a friend there with a car, and he says. Uh, I thought that was you. Why don't you just ride with us? <laughs> and, and I just went with Adam and it, and it's all it solved itself. But yeah, no, there, there are two airports close. Uh, Bloomington is the next town over. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a, you always have a great Adam impression. I will say that. <laughs> Adam Dorcott. Dude, I didn't even tell you about my, my flight back from Peoria, but let's save that for next time. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that'd be good. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's you always have interesting travel luck. I will say that. I'm cursed. You you are, you are. You know, like have you ever seen Final Destination movies? <laughs> Dude, of course. Yeah, so you know how like there's there's like it's usually like at the end of movies where they think like they're in the clear. Just slight spoiler for people. <laughs> oh, stop, the Final dude. Destination is like one of those where like everyone like as a group of people they like avoid death when they should have happened. And the whole rest mm. of the movie they're like like death is trying to catch up to them like like people are dying but in the ways. weirdest ways yeah in the weirdest ways and usually in the end of each of these movies there's usually like a, like maybe two or three people that made it out alive like they survived all the occurrences and they they think they're in the clear but then all of a sudden they're traveling together and they're like wait why are you here too right and then you're like oh shoot like what like that's just going to come at us all at once like two birds with one stone kind of thing mm-hmm. <laughs> i want to curse this here but i feel like if <laughs> i ever saw you on the same plane accident like you're on this flight too speedy i was like oh no something's real bad's gonna happen now right Dang it, dude. i was like that's i don't a- want your travel luck with me on it too i'm just gonna be that- a bystander that's getting pulled into this 
That's what the other casters were saying in the in the group chat. Okay, I'll, I'll just tell you. I'll just tell you. On my flight back from Peoria, yeah, the guy in the row behind me threw up all over the floor. Oh yeah, that like the, like the awful. seat behind me, mm-hmm. like the seat behind me, not the row, but like the seat. And I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Luckily, it was just a one hour flight. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's um, yeah, I think uh, it's. It, it, yeah, that doesn't sound pleasant at all. Um, I will say, for one of my flights, I think it was going to Columbus, NAIC. The The person next to me started throwing up. I was in the aisle seat, the person in the middle seat, right? He was, like, sweating, sweating bullets, oh, right? No. It was, like, about, like, we had, like, about 15 minutes till we landed, and we hit some turbulence. And I, I, don't, I usually get, like, plane sick a little bit, but, like, I didn't feel it that bad. But I guess the turbulence was really bad for him. He's, like, sweating, like, bullets. And his wife or girlfriend or something was, like, you know patting him on the back and everything and then all of a sudden he just like throws up right and had a body bag and while he's doing this the person behind me was asking the person next to me he's like hey where do you all get that bag and stuff like that i think we need one too they're like oh no. it's just like randomly see i think these days they don't have vomit bags in every seat for nope. some reason i don't know why like maybe just forget to refill i don't know when people use it but they somehow found one and so the person next to me and the person directly behind me were both vomiting at the same time shortly after that. Oh, no, dude. Uh, I will say, in the time of 2022, when COVID's still a thing and mass usage is still pretty popular, I was very glad I was wearing a mask on that plane because oh, <laughs> not dude. only was it good for public health reasons, but I actually did not really smell the vomit, fortunately. My son smells good. not the greatest, too, so that probably helped. But yeah. 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 So that, that was also, when I saw that, I was like, I was like, yeah, I've been there too, but it does kind of suck. I think you said the person vomited. They 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 weren't vomiting to a trash bag, right? They were just they just did it out in the open, right? Yeah, th- there was that's no there was no that's bag. Much, that's much worse. Yeah, yeah, so it was like in the aisle. Oh <laughs> gosh, that's that's terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, let me know when we we gotta see. Yeah, you you honestly have more bad luck with flights than than. Then no bad luck, right? Like I want to say good luck, like just no, like the norm is bad luck for you. Yeah, more or less. I mean, I don't know. Let's see if it improves. I mean, hopefully, I built up enough good karma at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully. Yeah, you 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 built plenty. I don't, I don't. I think karma just doesn't exist at this point. <laughs> if, if, yeah, right. If Who knows? Anyway, we've rambled on for quite a while. So thank you all for tuning in to all the all the all the things, the tea, the the weird plane stories and um whatever the digimon references and stuff like that too yeah dude we had a lot to catch up on yeah for sure well this is a good episode um per usual i think always had a good time but it's episode 67 and we hope you join us for the next one